The Comic-Con that is a mile above the rest returns in 2013, and it's bigger than ever. That's right. Stan Lee's going to be at Denver Comic-Con this year. They also have George Takei at Denver Comic-Con 2013. Plus Kelly Who and Will Wheaton. Friend of the podcast, George's Jaunty, will be there. So go online to denvercomiccon.com where you can buy tickets. Stay tuned. VIP tickets for Stan Lee will be available. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic-Con. Log on to denvercomiccon.com to get your tickets now. Stanley tickets go on sale this weekend. Make sure you pick them up because it's the only way you can guarantee to meet Stanley. It's like a month away. It's a month away. And you got to get tickets. I, I was talking to Sam when we were at Alamo last week, and I said, hey, what you, are you guys, how's it going You know, with ticket sales? And he told me uh, double from last year from at the same point. Wow. So they are selling tons of tickets. So if yeah. you haven't got your tickets yet, make sure you get them because there is a chance it could sell out. Yeah, there might be a point where they actually have to say no to people. And he told me that he says, you know, the fire department has a strict limit on how many people we can have there, and it yeah. might happen this year. Well, I, um, I, so last week my car broke down. Um, right after the show, mm-hmm. and I ended up getting towed. Uh, I want to shout out to Joshua, who was my tow truck driver, and he was so cool. And ended up like staying there because it was really cold, and he let me just stay in his truck for a while, and um, I didn't have to touch him or anything. Um, it was great. Um, but he, you know, ended up saying you didn't have to touch him makes me think you touched <laughs> well, him. <laughs> well, anyway, um, turned out that he did security for DCC last year. Mm-hmm. Like we ended up talking. Oh, that's right. You did at, text me that. Yeah. Like we ended up talking about documentaries the whole time. It was really cool. Uh, but he did, uh, uh, security for them last year and said that there were like, there were like, well, thing, I don't want to say what things didn't go well, but it, it was like originally they expected 10,000 people and it ended up being 27, you know? Um, so uh, at some point they just like let the floodgates go and this year that's probably not going to happen. So make sure you get tickets ahead of time is what because, I'm saying. Because, you know, uh, one of the coolest moments for us, I mean, for me last year was the first day we were driving up through the convention center and the line was going around the building. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm More so of the story. You don't want to get up, drive all the way down there and either get turned away or stand in the hot sun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Um, so yeah, make sure you get your tickets, uh, I'm sure they will probably have, like last year, they had some ways where you could get your tickets ahead of time so you don't have to stand in the line to get your tickets that morning. Um, do whatever you can so that you can just get there and enjoy your day uh, and do it as early as possible. And so. if you're waiting in line at the Comic-Con, there's no better way to listen to your music on your iPod than by going to tweakedaudio.com and getting some earbuds from tweakedaudio.com. When you pick out your earbuds at the checkout make sure you enter real nerds in the coupon area it's just one word r e e l n e r d s and you'll get a third off your whole order and now i mean you want to order those as early as possible because you don't want to suffer the pains of of shitty earbuds for, for much longer but the truth is their shipping's really good so you can oh, order dude. it the week of denver comic con and still get them in time for standing in i line. will say this when we um partnered with them and they said oh we'll send you guys some earbuds we got them in 2 days yeah yeah. So and my mom bought some, and she got them. Yeah, same thing. It was like two days, and they they and they arrived. And they come in with the cute little satchel that you can carry them in. They're comfortable when they're in your ears. Are way more comfortable than those crappy iPhone ones that they give you with your iPhone or iPod. <laughs> and you can actually hear things with them, which yep. is pretty cool. Noise reduction microphones. Yeah. 
It's it's awesome. They're great. Check them out. And so not make sure. That, and not like stupid expensive. No, you know? no, reasonable. Re- way reasonable. Even though some of them have wood in them, they're yep. made of wood. That's the ones I have. Natural <sighs> version crazy. three. I like things that are made of wood. So visit tweakedaudio.com. Remember. Uh, <laughs> I, I almost slipped it in there. Yeah, but my wife was right there to catch it. <laughs> that was Whoa. James, by the way, with that Whoa. little comment. Please don't say and that. And I'm Brad. Your uh, wife can, was I'm, catch I'm, it. I'm doing the, the commercials, and then I'll get right into who we are. Yeah. Well, those were some good commercials, Ryan. Who are we? <laughs> well, I'm Ryan. I, I run this show, and I hate when Brad tells me how to run my fucking show. <laughs> we also so, saw Oblivion this week. Uh, <laughs> you, hey, let him let him get there. No, nope, no, nope, I'm taking right. over. You, if this you is want, my if, coup. If, if you want the show to be fucking stupid, then that Brad <laughs> uh, in front of me is Brad. I said that already. To my right is James, and we're the real nerds. Yeah. We love movies. In fact, we love movies so much that every week we go see a movie. This week we saw Oblivion with the Aviation Cocktail Guys. Yeah, and they'll be in the interview and the review part. Because they're like, you guys are lame. We're not going to stay for your whole show. But those of you who <laughs> listen to our whole show, you have several ways to reach us. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can go onto our website and leave a comment that Cora left a comment this week. Realnerdspodcast.com. You can call us 720-6-NERDS-5. Or you can go on our Facebook page, leave little comments there, and we'll try to hit them all. Yeah. And without further ado... Fan mail. Fan mail. I, I do have a couple fan mail things. Um, I reached out to my friend Charlie, who I worked with at Outback, and he is a musician. And I told him, I said, "Hey, man, I'm looking for an original composition for a real nerds theme." He has emailed me saying that he has his sax player, and they are recording it tomorrow. And by the end of this weekend, I will have the real nerds. Uh, theme oh, so man. we should have it and i mean i'm not pushing him hey charlie if you're listening to this and you don't get it done this weekend no worries yeah but uh he says he's recording it and he's gonna mix it and have it ready for us that's so cool so that was one of those things that, like i dreamed of i know it's so I was cool like, oh, it would be really cool you know what's really cool is I, he just said he loved our show i said hey man you're a musician i'm looking for a theme song if you have like any throwaway tracks or something yeah that you have he says no man i'll, comp- I'll compose a, uh, a real one for you and that he came back that he has he's recruiting a sax player and he's actually going to produce it and he wrote real music for it is wow it's mind blowing so he wants to be on the show May third is when he wants to be on the show which is the Iron Man that three show like, I was just gonna say that sounds like a big week it is and he uh, so he wants to he wants to be on the show so Charlie if you're available May third absolutely but if you can't great. make the May third show he says he he's free from work a, a lot starting at May third so there uh, there are going to be a lot of movies this summer yeah. that I'm sure he'd like to see. We, so, we will find a way. Yeah, you'll be on the show, and then you can pimp your music, and you can talk about how you wrote the theme for Real Nerds and what inspired you. We could sit there. We could sing it. You know, we could hold hands and sing the song, like yeah. Kumbaya. I don't think there's lyrics, but we can make up some. Oh, yeah. Real Nerds. Da, 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 da. Real Nerds. We're watching movies. James sits there, and he orders smoothies. I don't know. <laughs> oh, dude. There we go. He has some rhymes. Man, you've been watching a lot of Leprechaun movies. I have. I have been watching a lot of <laughs> Leprechaun movies. Oh, man. Cool. And Good. we also, Cora left me a little comment on our our website, which we don't get too many comments on our website. We get a lot of spam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If um, you want to know really good ways to see pain and gain illegally on the internet, uh, there are some unapproved yeah. comments on it. Or if you, you want to read about 
website blog information. <laughs> There's one really funny, Maintain and I, I forgot to save it, but it was like uh, I searched the web for lots of information on this particular subject. <laughs> and I found that your web series is the best on it. Many people would be together with you on this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Where someone's like fourth language is English. And yeah. it's... Anytime, anytime that a comment, a spam comment, because they end up all being the same. Anytime that it ends with like your your web your web blog is very good. Maintain on it. Those are those are my <laughs> that's, favorites. That's classic. That's yeah. classic spamming. Yeah, maintain on it. And I got one other little bit of news that it wasn't really a fan mail, but um, I'm going to do it because it made me all giddy inside, is uh, Bobby, who's our friend Joe. Uh, he does all the intros for us. Hmm. Joe's friend Bobby is volunteering for Comic-Con this year. Cool. And he's he told me about the Caped Crusader is the Comic-Con's name of their beer, and they're having a launch party, so he said we should all go. So, yeah, we'll go, we should go to it. It's May 9th or something. Oh, cool. Um, at the social punch bowl. I don't know what the fuck that is at. Um, I know where to that. Cool. cool. So Brad will. Brad, Brad's a heavy drinker, so he knows exactly where all that stuff is. <laughs> I'm drunk right now. But <laughs> the first 200 people get a free glass with a caped crusader on it. Oh, cool. Drawn by the guy who drew uh, so 30 Days of Night. a cape on it? I don't know what it is. No, it's, sweet. You know, it's like a glass the Diet Coke commercial from the Batman VHS? That'd be sweet. <laughs> no, no, no. It has the, the Caped Crusader drawing on the glass. Boo. I like yeah. that so, idea better. But it's drawn by a Benton Templesmith who drew 30 what? Days of Night. So That's awesome. So we got to be with some of the first 200 people there. But anyways, he was at like a meeting for volunteers for DCC, mm-hmm. and someone asked about podcasts, and they said that real nerds are going to be there, and they're really good. So Oh, man. Somebody uh, out there said we were really good. They must so that's cool listening. that we got a shout out. Yeah, Yay. for the volunteers. So thanks, yeah, Bobby. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. Really cool. Make sure you stop by our booth at. Uh, yeah, at the Comic-Con. you know, last year I, I really wanted to talk to a volunteer, so it would be cool to get him on the show. Yeah, we just should to, be able just to. to find out like what it's like for them. You know, I know. Yeah, what kind should... of stuff they end up getting involved in. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. We'll What's make it that like happen? doing a lot of work and not getting paid for it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how much stuff do you get to see, and how much stuff would you like to see? You know, if you're volunteering and you know security for, I don't know. One of the Doctor Who people, then maybe it's a cool thing to. Oh yeah, well even if it's not, it would just be interesting. I'd like to hear, you know, maybe get some sweet tail out of it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I was I was protecting <laughs> uh, Matt kidding. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, and Someone also, there's there's a there's a really cute picture of James with the not literally girls, uh, with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I like. Yeah, yeah that was a good picture. <laughs> I hate you so much. You know, you old. know, what we should have we should have a not literally real nerds wedding. You know what? That should be an <laughs> episode of our. Uh, our, our I'm not. I'm not series. participating in that. What? Dude, <laughs> it'll be will... like a Joni loves Chachi wedding. It'll be no. awesome. No, I'll wear no. a beard and glasses. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Hey, you look, know? I'm James, and I liked uh, what's that movie? I forgot. Oh yeah, the Prometheus? John Maybe. Carter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this has gone. To I a, do. This has gone into a horrible. James doesn't like, sound like that at all. Uh, so, hole but when James jokes. is like, I do, and then the not literary girls go, You totally do, and they'll do a big <laughs> song and dance number. <laughs> It'll be so fucking epic. It's really good that they don't listen to our show. They should listen. <laughs> uh, well, because um, I'm not that cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, thanks everybody who wrote in. Thanks, Bobby, Absolutely. for giving us a shout out. Um, oh, you never actually said what Cora's comment was. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Cora <laughs> just mentioned that she's going to go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics to pick up I Kill Giants. Really? Because, oh, man. You know, my. Uh, if you don't know, uh, every week now I've been going on our. Uh, website and I've been posting the comic book we've been talking about. Um, so hopefully, it perks interest in comic books again. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, again. it's 
people among, among people who aren't already into comics which exactly. really those people should get into comics they should because they're it's, amazing yeah especially if you you know ever thought pictures and word balloons could make you cry yeah if you're somebody who like you have a short trip on the train and then reading a book it doesn't really work but you know comic is good for that just saying you yep. know read comics so thanks we, guys what do, we, what do we do next in the show we talk about stuff we watched so, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. And I know, because I, I saw Brad on Wednesday, that Brad watched a lot. I watched a lot, too. I watched a lot of great stuff. Oh, great. And now it's more justified. Well, your review's done. No. You said it was great. Yeah, okay. Ryan, well, my turn. <laughs> uh, my, quality more than quality. The circle is complete, guys. I found the gold at the end of the rainbow. I was not sure if I could... Originally, the Leprechaun in the Hood movies, I did not know existed. Right. Um, well, which I don't know how you fell into that ignorance. I know. Well, but, honestly, uh, I don't know how I didn't know because yeah. I mean, you know, I love horror movies and I love the Leprechaun movies. So I don't know how I. I knew about them. I knew about the first one. I didn't know there were a second one or one in space. Those ones really, yeah, were the, shocking the, to me. So the, here, here was the bummer. So originally, I was <laughs> the bummer. I was going to go to Blockbuster and just rent them because there is a Blockbuster that still rents movies by me. Right. But I went there, and they've like gutted out their whole renting thing. And right. so, I mean, I'm guessing it's going to be gone soon. <laughs> right. And so I, w- I couldn't find it. I said, well, maybe it's in comedy, or maybe it's in something else I can't, <laughs> I can't find. So I asked the lady. She, I said, hey, do you guys have Leprechaun in the Hood? She says, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and, uh, well, well, she didn't say fuck. that, but the look on her face was, what the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> no, of course we don't. So I... We're selling the shelves out of this building. Why would we still have Leprechaun movies? So, so I was bummed, and I came home, and I told my wife, I said, They didn't have Leprechaun in your hood. I'm not <laughs> happy, and I'm tired of this should. And you punched a hole in the wall. I punched a hole in the wall. <laughs> I kicked my dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, no, it was Reggie. That's why he went. And he went, <laughs> That's how he lost his eye. It's not like <laughs> people he didn't actually kick his dog. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go to second spin, and I'm going to see if they have it there. They didn't have it at Second Spin. What? I know. How does a person get Leprechaun movies these days? Right? And so... <laughs> the worst quest and, you've and, ever been on. And so my wife knows this about me. You guys might not know this about me, but when I get my mindset on something, I have to fucking get it or it bothers me. What? Yes. So <laughs> you, mean, you, mean, you mean like your wife? Like my wife. <laughs> yeah. When I saw my wife at that Halloween party, I'm like, I'm going to fuck that chick. It's the last <laughs> thing I do. No, please. I don't need Dr- to know. Dressed as her mom, and then when I saw her mom, I'm like... This is happening. Oh, So I went to Tradesmart again, and I, I was going to order them on Amazon, but they were nine bucks each on Amazon. I said, what? I'm not going to spend 18 fucking dollars on Leprechaun <laughs> no. in the Hood movies. No. Uh, but I went to Tradesmart, and for them separately were nine dollars each used. Right. I was like, fuck, well, I guess nine dollars for, you know, two of them. I want to get for a dollar. But then I was looking a little closer, and they had a three-pack of Leprechaun 4, which I already owned. Which is the space one. It's the space one. And they also had Leprechaun in the hood and Leprechaun two, uh, Leprechaun back to the hood. Uh, oh. But it's T-H-A, so I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm not, you know, urban at all. So The. The hood. Back to the hood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was four ninety nine. So what? I was like, what? score! <laughs> yeah. And so if anybody wants a copy of Leprechaun in Space, write to Real Nerds Podcast, I'll send it to you. <laughs> um, and, and if you'd really like, he'll break it in half for you first, and then send oh, it to you. Oh, you know, there's some funny parts in it. It's nah. not horrible. And there's some chick's boobs in it. So, oh, there you go. All you right. Know, there's that. I think there's laws against sending porn through the mail. Uh, it's not porn, um, because there's a little leprechaun running around in it. Oh, you're right. <laughs> um, so anyways, 
the the first one is about. Uh, and here's the thing with the Leprechaun movies, they don't find follow any continuity. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just gonna say, so he went to space, and yeah. then in order to up the adventure, the hood. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, well, space is cool, but I'm gonna go to the. Uh... You know where I haven't been, <laughs> the hood. <laughs> so, anyways, he he he's like trapped in this underground thing, and ice ice tea is in it and he's right. actually pretty funny because he plays an exaggerated version of himself. So he's found in the seventies and Ice T has this big afro and him and his partner find the, the leprechaun, he's frozen in stone and they pull his amulet off of him and then and when they pull the amulet off him he's of course the leprechaun again. And he goes to kill Ice Cubes Ice T's sorry. I get my rappers mixed up. Oh no it's okay. Kill Ice T's homeboy when he's his back is turned. And they have these big afros, so his homeboy keeps on pulling like weapons out of his afro to kill the leprechaun. <laughs> and the leprechaun, you know, is, is just saying, "I want me gold," because they're stealing his gold. Right. And uh, so they, he, so that he keeps on trying to kill the leprechaun with pulling things out of his afro, and then he runs out of things to pull out of his afro, and the leprechaun kills him with the, I don't know, the hair pick. What do they comb their yeah, afros with? Hair pick. Hair yeah. pick. Yeah. So he slits his throat with that, and then. This sounds like the horror version of Mystery Men. Yeah. So, uh, so, so if the leprechaun's after the gold, does he like rip out a bunch of grills or? Oh, <laughs> dude, uh, you, is uh, Brad so, more creative uh, than the filmmakers? Uh, am I thinking ahead? <laughs> maybe, maybe. This might be a leprechaun. A good part. Back to the hood, though. Sorry, oh, yeah. sorry, wrong, wrong in the hood. So, anyways, so Ice T puts the amulet on him, and he becomes super rich and this uh, like rap star mogul. And then these three kids are rappers, and but they want to deliver a positive message. So it's it's not a very good movie. In fact, if I was going to pick the worst Leprechaun movie, it's probably this one. Um, because they forget that like the Leprechaun is in the movie. Oh, There'll be literally 30 minutes of these kids trying to break into the rap business. And then all of a sudden, the Leprechaun what? will show up and kill people. And it's like they, it's like hustle and flow, but with leprechauns. Yeah. And, and it doesn't. I mean, of course, none of the leprechaun movies make that much sense. But <laughs> there's there's a part where they're hiding out from the leprechaun in this church. And the part I forgot to tell you is there's a magic flute that if you play it, everybody obeys your command. So these kids become really right. famous because they blow the flute before the rap. So everybody loves the rap. Of course they do. Of course. And so there's a part they're hiding out in the church, and the leprechaun's been gone for I don't know, like twenty minutes, and. Uh, Ice-T is looking for the money that these kids... It's really convoluted, but they, they stole money from Ice-T, the gold, the leprechaun's gold. And so Ice-T's looking for them, and he finds them in this church randomly. And so they run upstairs, and they hide in this closet. And they're like, oh, we escaped. And they're, like, pounding each other's fists. And then the one guy pounds the leprechaun's fist. The leprechaun is just there. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know how he, sh- he got there. I don't know how he knew where he was at. And then they ran into another room, and the leprechaun is trying to break down the door. And the whole time, I'm like, but he just showed up. Can he just, like, will himself into a room? Um, and it also, uh, Warwick Davis is pretty good in it, but you can tell that he's kind of getting tired of being the leprechaun. Yeah. Um, so by the time we get to leprechaun, to the back to the hood, oh, I actually forgot the worst part just... of leprechaun in the hood. Oh, okay. So there's a huge climax scene where they're all shooting each other, and the leprechaun shows up, and he's, like, ripping people's throats out. And All right, I'm in. Absolutely. <laughs> and so... How does he get to their throats? Because he he's jumps. small. Oh, oh dude, God. And, and he's magical, dude. <laughs> uh, so he's fighting, like, the the positive rap guy and Ice-T. The leprechaun kills Ice-T. Then he's about to kill 
uh, the positive rap guy, and then the rap guy throws the amulet in the air, and it's like going to come in on the leprechaun, and there's this huge, and then the movie just fucking ends. Like it what? doesn't. Yeah. It, wait, wait. Like mid action sequence. Yeah. It's like sure the, DVD player didn't just drop no you, no because I'll did you did you were you supposed to flip it over and watch the no, second half no because this is what's stupid so the amulet's like falling down the movie ends credits start going and then it cuts to like this tag scene where that rapper guy's rapping again and he pulls down his like sunglasses and his eyes are green like and he's then, the leprechaun and then the leprechaun is in the crowd and then the leprechaun starts rapping what yeah it, it doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> what the fuck happened <laughs> um so. Oh, I, I, and then I, uh, Leprechaun Back to the Hood actually opens really cool. It starts with this animated sequence with that tells a backstory of the Leprechaun, where he comes. Uh, the Leprechauns are these earth-dwelling dwarves, okay. and the king um, conjures them up through black magic to protect his gold. Right. So, yeah, of course, after the king dies, there's no reason to protect the gold anymore. So all the other Leprechauns go back to the earth. Except for the one evil leprechaun, and he stays there and he keeps the gold for himself. That's why he's greedy, and it's this really cool animated sequence in a storybook. Hmm. I'm like, oh man, I can get into this. And then it goes to freaking in the hood again, where it's uh, they show this father running from the leprechaun, and the leprechaun is trying to be scary in this, so it's not that good. Like he doesn't have any really cool lines. He gets stoned at one point, and he just kills people with like slicing their throats and. It's really not that good. Yep. Does the opening sequence ever come into play? Like, do they do they use some information from that to defeat him later? Yeah, that you have so to use four leaf clovers um, to stop him. So one of the rap guys or the gang, I don't know, the Doug drug dealers, whatever they're black people that are in the hood whoa that, whoa whoa back that, up. that no they're black people in the hood that so they're the character so it's pretty like it's yeah it's like yeah. characters caricatures of their stereotypes stereotypes yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly of black the movie people. is being racist yeah exactly so he he takes clovers and like smashes them up and puts them in hollow bullet tips oh and pours wax on him and he shoots the leprechaun with them. it would have been better if it had been like a slapstick comedy where they have to befriend the the leprechaun, get the leprechaun to get high with them, then they put the four leaf clovers in the weed and then make the leprechaun smoke it, and then like he he dies from weed. Like, yeah, well, yeah. See, that'd be creative, but this movie is not. Yeah. So it's a bummer. And then there's like a too bad. a psychic witch who how tries to kill up, him. How do you fuck up leprechauns in the hood? Right? Like I feel like that is such a goldmine of stupid that making a movie it's that, like with that, Iron Sky where I was like all I want was Nazis from space and you fucked that up like how but I'm going to have to watch Leprechaun Back to the Hood one more time because there is audio commentary by Warwick Davis on the DVD what so I really have to listen to it wow um, so I'm going to suffer through that movie again I don't under like I don't understand how these movies get made like you've done this before with like the Hellraisers and stuff and I can see like when you know what like when um like when somebody like Scott Derrickson comes onto a movie and is like, "Hey, I've got this cool idea for what I want to bring to this series," mm-hmm. I don't hear any of that in these movies. Like, it well, just sounds like nonsense. But see, you worked at Blockbuster, you know yeah. how big it is. See, it, in the mid '90s, they would release straight to video these horror movies, and they right. were huge. Yeah, they were. And I mean, I think the I was reading the budget for Leprechaun Three was 1.8 million. It sold something like 10 million copies of yeah. the DVD or yeah. the video cassette, so it made its money back tons yeah so that's why they keep on making them but i I, i'm just surprised that like 
There's n- it, it doesn't even sound like there's anybody that gets involved that is like, I want to really do this right, or I want to really yeah. do bring something you fresh mean. to this. Like I don't hear any of that. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And I mean, I don't think that I, I don't think you could reboot the series. I don't think they Laura are Cave rebooting was, it. What WWE bought the wrestling bought the rights to it, and I'm pretty sure they've already filmed it called Leprechaun Origins. Okay, I, I've gone on IMDb because I—that's how I found out about Leprechaun in the Hood and Leprechaun Origins is there. And I read a little bit about how they're rebooting the franchise, okay. but not with Warwick Davis. So I don't think it'll be any. No, good. yeah. Well, but but what I'm saying is maybe maybe if somebody modern actually took some time with it, maybe they could make something interesting. Yeah. I don't know what I would want. Um, <laughs> you know what I, you or, want? In I mean, I'm not a huge horror fan. I I don't know what that I would want anything out of it, but um, it just sounds so weird. Yeah, I it sounds agree. like a very bizarre flash-in-the-pan kind of a horror series. It totally is. Because um, I think Back to the Hood was 2003, so it's been like 10 what? years since they even made one, yeah. Wow, man. Um, I'm, surprised, I, I'm surprised they made them that late. I uh, re-watched uh, on Blu-ray the campaign with Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's really funny. It's one of those movies where it's not like you laugh out loud, but you're kind of laughing throughout the whole movie because things are so stupid. My favorite scene still is... Um, Zach Galifagas' character is going into, you know, the Senate race, so he t- asks his family if they did anything wrong, and um, his wife says, well, I said the Lord's name in vain um, a couple nights ago, and his name's Marty, and, and they go over to Zach Galifagas, and he's getting all, like, mad because she used the Lord's name in vain, and then his kid says, I was... I hide underneath the stairs at the mall, and I shoot up girls' skirts, and I have a portfolio full of women's cooter pictures. <laughs> and his wife says, well, he can't get mad at him. So it's basically like the Talladega Nights yeah. uh, scene, but like these kids just keep on going uh, over the top, and um, Marty, Zach Alfie's character, is being weird. And then, of course, it's Will Ferrell being basically George W. Bush, like, blended with a Bill Clinton. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the campaign keeps on getting worse and worse, and he punches a baby at one point. And they actually show him punching the baby in slow motion, and the baby's like face gets all—it's like, it's just like Burly Brawl from exactly. Ma- from the Matrix Revolutions, and uh, like his pacifier spits out. And it's it's fucking brilliant. Oh man! And it's just because it's also stupid how stupid sometimes political races are. Yeah, there's a part where they're having a town hall meeting, and uh, Zach Galifianakis' character busts out this. Uh, story that will ferrell's character wrote in the third grade called (laughs) at the end of the rainbow and he called it communism propaganda (laughs) (laughs) and all these people says i ain't gonna vote for no fucking commie it's it's like typical will ferrell where everything's so stupid but it's funny um so check it out it's really good they punch uggy too right yeah they do punch uggy (laughs) (laughs) there's a baby than the world's most famous dog um (laughs) So yeah, if you haven't checked it out, it's it's pretty funny, and it, like I said, it's not you laugh out loud a lot. You kind of just laugh through the whole movie. Yeah, um, I rewatched Jennifer's Body, which is an whoa. Uh, oh, man. A you watched movie. it once already? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say we've never talked about this. Uh, I've still never seen it. Again, you know, when I go to these used Blu-ray things, and uh, I can get like I bought Jennifer's Body Legend because I was on a Tom Cruise kick, dude, and. Uh, what else did I get? I don't know. They're all like $4 ones. And uh, so I ended up spending like $13 and I got four yeah. Blu-rays. Um, and Jennifer's Body is a movie I remember kind of liking, but not really liking. Um, but I read an article in online or in a magazine. I don't know where the fuck I read it, but they said how underrated the movie was. So I said, you know, what? I'll give another try. And it is still pretty good. Um, you know, Di- Diablo Cody's dialogue comes through a lot, a little bit. So it kind of distracts from the movie hmm. um but i mean it's the, 
the premise is cool where um, Megan Fox is basically she's playing a parody of herself where she's so hot that anybody would want her and she gets murdered and she gets possessed by a demon and when she doesn't eat people she gets weak and ugly and so her beauty is by consuming people and it's it's pretty interesting if you haven't seen it the gore effects are really good in it cool Um, done by knb of course they do everything yeah Um, but it was funny i was i was watching the behind the scenes of it and megan fox is kind of fucking annoying yeah and there's a they're talking about them shooting this pool scene where it's like the climax of the movie and young Neil is in it. I like that guy. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know his his name actor oh, is, but shoot, he's yeah. pretty funny. Um, but anyway, she's like munching on him, and like Jennifer turns, and she has like a demon face and everything. And I'm watching behind the scenes, and they're shooting this whole scene, and it's not Megan Fox in the water. Like she's afraid to get in the water, and she didn't want like appliances on her face. Is it like, really? Oh. And they they were talking about it in, in the the special features how. Megan Fox is really cool, but she didn't want to get these appliances stuck on her face. I'm like, that's not being cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, ever, ever since that open letter from the, the Transformers cast and crew where they were just like, yeah, she's really obnoxious to work with. I've, I've sort of. Yeah. And like they were interviewing her on the behind the scenes and she was, I mean, obviously I cuss too, but she was saying the most obscure references just to like cuss and stuff it was really weird hmm. i know you'd have to watch it yeah. if you ever want to watch the special features of jennifer's body i i'm not sure that i care <laughs> yeah i'll be honest um and then i uh i watched iron man 2 again right. uh, i haven't seen it in a while uh robert down jr is a stud as tony stark and he's lots of fun those movies are pretty fun yeah and the last thing i watched will segue right into brad i don't know if you watched it but brad was cool enough i don't know if you know this about me and brad but we love dick van dyke show and Brad uh, texted me earlier uh, last week and says, hey, I have uh, a copy of the Dick Van Dyke Show Revisited, which is from 2004, which they basically shot an extra episode of the Dick Van Dyke Show. But then 40, 50 years later, how long? Yeah, 50 years. 61. So I guess 44 years. No, I think it ended in 65. 65. So basically 40 years yeah. since they were on air. Wow. And uh, the the whole premise of the show is... If you don't know who Alan Brady is, Alan Brady is Rob Petrie's boss. And, and he's, he writes, like a, he's, he's like, like a, a Johnny variety, Carson yeah, character. like a variety show yeah. guy. And he's in in the show he's portrayed by Carl Reiner and he's this like egotistical guy and he's always has Rob do crazy things and he never likes the scripts and um you know, Laura outs him being bald on an episode and it's so great. He's abusive to everyone you uh, works. Yeah. Uh, uh, who works under him yeah and it's, he's just a really funny character so brad was cool enough to give me that and and watching it what brad i don't know if you notice this but watching it is how f- much those characters got back into the characters of who they were but the little things that you know dick van dyke would do t- as rob petrie when he was talking to laura it was it was just it, i thought it was so cool seeing it i mean the show's okay but it's still kind of cool to see all those characters it's weird because it's in color so yeah. it, like it, it, it like really sets it apart from the series to where it doesn't feel like it is part, like an extension of the series. Um, and there's that bit where, uh, I guess Rob figured out how to create CGI characters yeah. of himself. And then like, there's this little dance number of, uh, you know, a video of him standing next to the CGI. It's, it's just like this, why are we wasting time on this? Like an 80 year old man did CGI like on his home computer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I guess, guess that's how Rob <laughs> he's got, that cool. became creative. Um, but the whole premise of the movie, or not the movie, the uh, episode, and it's like an hour, 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, like So it's not hour, a half hour yeah. like the show. Um, Alan Brady 
plans to die <laughs> eventually and uh buddy sorrell who um maury amsterdam obviously couldn't be on the uh reunion show because he dead. died years ago um but at his character's uh wake rob delivered such an eloquent eloquent eulogy alan brady wanted to find out what people would say about him at his eulogy so he wants to have it done before he passes and so uh basically rob struggles with like should i do this it's kind of sick and then um laura wants to own a dance studio <laughs> and uh, alan brady offers them an exorbitant amount of money to do it yeah so, so he's paying he's p- giving him a writing job to <laughs> to write a eulogy for him at his funeral yeah uh, it's really funny and you know I, I think mary tyler moore looks great for yeah. how old she is in it i i 70 probably they all look pretty good yeah, yeah oh yeah dick van dyke still looks right and they can still move really well and you know uh but yeah, I still had fun with it. I thought it was a it's a cute show, and uh, so I really appreciate you doing that for me. Yeah, no problem. I, 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 Thank I you, Internet. It. Yeah, thanks, Internet. So, Brad, what else did you watch this week? Uh, gosh, it's already half an hour in, so I don't know. Um, Just I have, go. I have a buttload of stuff. It's um, all right. I mean, you don't have to talk about everything at length, but the yeah, stuff is interesting. I, yeah, I'll I'll try to keep it short. Um, the first thing I watched was uh, Ryan's secret gay sex tape. Wait, 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 wait. His dick is huge. And I didn't know you were in it too, James. Wait, 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 wait. But enough about that. We'll move on to uh, the real stuff. (laughs) uh, Oh, that was good. I actually watched. Yeah, I was playing that all day. (laughs) (laughs) He's so proud of himself. He's like, I I thought of this two months ago. I I, I had to write it out as a script and everything. Uh, The first, well, okay. Uh, Not necessarily the first thing I watched in reality, but organizing things so i watched toys which is the robin Robin williams Williams? film directed by barry levinson Uh, and actually you know robin williams is the top build like in center character Mm -hmm. but if you really watch the movie he's not there's not a really a main character other than maybe the general which is um uh michael gambon Mm. um there yeah there's no standout character like it's they're all this family um he's a war general the rest of them are toy makers um he comes back from vietnam has no real purpose in life and once their brother who's the toy maker uh president of the company dies um he doesn't want to give it to leslie who's robin williams character or any of the other siblings because they're not he doesn't they're prepared so he think you know he decides to make the general the head of the company um and uh i feel like this movie was just either an excuse for barry levinson to play around with production design um like like what kind of crazy stuff can we do with as much money as possible or it's either meant to be a commentary on how corporate influences destroy creativity hmm. in production of stuff i don't remember I, the, i've seen it i don't remember the movie i i remember the poster was robin williams in a hat and it had like a box around it cut well, out well yeah he's something. like he's like a he's like a jack in the box or the top of the hat is open yeah and toys are coming out i don't remember the movie though yeah the, yeah. the movie is basically uh, like i said like the the main brother dies he recruits the general brother and mm-hmm. their father's uh from the army too so they're like there's these two ideological sides of the family they're competing with each other and once like the general discovers that there's these things called video games so he wants to make all these war games where, you know, instead of toys being cute and fun and imaginative, it's all about, like, destroying things. Like and so he creates, he, like, wipes out the whole, you know, cute toy division. And now the the company focuses on just, you know, war video games that are, like, 
huge screen 3d type stuff like really advanced things and he's creating like a serpent monster in a pit at some point. So is it a, a comedy or is it a drama or what is it? I don't re- I don't it, remember this movie to save my life. It's it always... billed as a comedy, but yeah. I think it's more of a drama, which brings into play the whole thing. Like, are they trying to make it? Is this really a commentary on? Uh, like, he had a problem as a filmmaker with the business end telling him how to make his movie when he wants to make really imaginative, creative stuff. But mm-hmm. so I. I like maybe I'm thinking too much <laughs> into the movie. Um, I, I've, I know, I've always I sort of, that. I've always sort of read it as a movie that like that felt to me like they 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 had this sort of story that they thought was going to be a comedy, but they also were trying had this sort of commentary about um, you know corporations and war and all of that stuff that they they wanted to get this message apart across, and that as as the comedy sort of turned into a dark comedy, drawing that balance, which is so hard that the movie, I think, just sort of falls apart on that, you know, on on that balance that they were trying to draw. I I, I don't know that I I ever thought that like there was something bigger than that. I I think it's just a movie that that was trying to wear too many hats and and breaks because of it. Um, but you, I mean, you could be right. I don't um, know. All I really, I, saw- I I've always sort of seen it as like some like a uh, this is weird, but like. Like Starship Troopers and Weatherman in the same movie, you know, like those two genres, but yeah. in the same movie, you know, where 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 it's got the wackiness and the commentary of a Starship Troopers, but also has the sort of dark comedy aspect to it. That yeah, there's it, it nothing I really work. laughed out loud at, and it was just like, here's this really weird, like extravagant thing we made, and here's another crazy toy thing, and like the sets are huge in it. Uh, I don't know if they're matte paintings, but like they're huge and like ridiculously complex. Like these machines, I'm like, did they, could they actually build that? Like with the a budget from like 1991, <laughs> yeah. uh, like Hook is shot on a mostly a sound sound stage, and, <laughs> right? Um, and this looks like it's real and everything. So uh, I guess they got what they uh, what they paid for. Like it definitely got their money's worth. So yeah, it was just weird. I I, I remember being funnier or something, but. And more, more like Robin Williams riffing, but it's yeah, it's yeah. more drama and stuff. And I, I kind of remember it sort of feeling like like I wanted to see it when I was a kid. Like yeah, I felt like they were pitching it at me, and then my I remember my mom saying to me like, "No, that's actually a film for adults." Yeah, my like, mom like didn't want us to see it. Yeah, yeah, I remember this, there being. But this watching whole it, thing where... I can't see anything like that's terribly other than it's like yeah, it's just not it's childish. Not, yeah, it's it's dark <laughs> and it's not really fun. Yeah, but there's no like <laughs> real swearing or no, graphic no, no. stuff in um, it, so I don't know. Yeah. Um. And then, because uh, of 42, uh, um, I, I saw Netflix had, like, uh, Clear and Present Danger nice. streaming. Um, I've seen Patriot Games before. I wasn't, I, I'm pretty sure I saw Clear and Present Danger before, but I didn't uh, remember it too well, so I watched it. Um, and then it sparked because me. Because Harrison Ford, right? Not because Jackie Robinson is in Patriot R- Games. Right, yeah. That I, there's, I don't see how you mix that up. No, I um, was just curious. <laughs> oh, no, I thought maybe you were going to say, like, oh, they're the same director or something. Or, oh, know, I guess yeah, that's yeah. true. No, it was, yeah. it was Harrison Ford. Okay. I was like, Those it, are cool movies. I like Harrison Ford as Jack Ryan. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I put it on my DVD queue a long time ago to watch the Blu-ray to, you know, mm-hmm. quality control it. And then it just never came on streaming until now. Yeah. So I was like, oh, finally, I can watch it. And obviously, streaming HD isn't, you know... It, drops in no. and out <laughs> yeah so it's never but full it, age. it's a good way sometimes if you're trying to decide whether or not you actually want to own that blu-ray yeah you know because you know it'll look better but maybe it's not a movie you'll watch once a year yeah um and the movie um it's a political thriller i i don't know what much yeah, to yeah. say about it. it's you know 
It's uh, a cool movie. Probably the coolest yeah. part is when he, uh, when they're hacking the uh, other White House guys. Yeah. Um, computer and that guy realizes it and then they're like frantically trying to get the information before he mm-hmm. shuts it down and then he realizes it and then he prints out the slip and then he busts out into the hallway and the other guy's already there like that's pretty cool like stage scene to yeah. me yeah um, yeah it's the one with Willem Dafoe in it and the guy um, who right. plays Ramon yeah. Salazar in 24 oh. is like the guy trying to take over right. the uh, drug lords I've seen that movie in a couple of years it's a, I, I, you know I yeah. like it's good it's yeah, just it's, um it's it, but it's mid '90s like political thrillers, so yeah. it, it's it's not super heavy on action. It's more actually like story and stuff. Yeah. Um. And then that sparked me because then I like flipped over a little bit, and then the Hunt for Red October nice. was oh, sitting dude. there, and obviously that it's doesn't like, have Harrison Ford that's in a great it movie, or Jackie though. Robinson, but I'd never seen it before. So or Jackie Robinson. <laughs> um. So I popped that in, or <laughs> pop that in. Uh, <laughs> I press play. God, I'm so old. Um. And yeah, that was cool too. Um. I expected more. Action, I guess. I don't know why You've I should have. Before. No, no. This is the way. first time I saw it, and wow. it wasn't in HD, which sucked. Yeah. So, but I mean, that, yeah, it's a cool movie though. It's not. It's not action. My dad loves that movie because yeah. it's more of you know the intrigue of mm-hmm. you know the submarines and you know. I thought I yeah. think it's a great movie. Early on, the for the longest time, I was trying to figure out like why um, the defection was happening, like. Like I think halfway through, I finally realized that the Red October sub was like this super sub that the Russians created, and yeah, um, which I don't know if that was made up or is actually real. And I think it's made up, like super stealth sub. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Um, uh, I I didn't know Sam Neill was in it. Is yeah. he? Um, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He's the second in command to also, Sean Connery. Uh, oh, wow. Again, again, British yeah. people playing Russians. Oh, that's the weird thing. Is like yeah, like. Most of the ship is Russian people, but everyone's yeah. either has British accents or oh, yeah. Sean Connery just goes for his regular Scottish accent. What was it? I, like he's I supposed to be Russian. <laughs> I literally just watched a movie where there the, there was all these British people on a submarine. Oh, oh! Uh, last week's episode of Doctor Who is on a Russian submarine, and they're all British actors. Which obviously, I mean, it's you know. It's different, but it was as soon as that started, my brother and I are sitting there and we're like, oh, yeah, it's the long tradition of all Russian submarine uh, people being played by or any Russians kind of in Euro- general. European characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah just being British played accents. by British people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, I navigated over a little further. And then the Crimson Tide. The Sum of All Fears. Oh, oh nice. Was on, uh, no, not nice. And that, I was nice. like, oh, this is one of those things I saw way back in the day um, that I saw once and then just kind of didn't go back to. And. Um, say what you want about Ben Affleck, but um, it's weird. He's kind of maybe a too young of a Jack Ryan. Yeah. Like Harrison Ford's so manly, and then Ben Affleck's just kind of like. <laughs> like <laughs> well, I walked into that one. And I, Harrison Ford's so manly. You know, he's like a man's man. Ben, Affleck ben Affleck's, is just you know, he's a smart character, short. but he's he just seems too boyish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you're used to Harrison Ford being Jack Ryan, yeah, and even Al, Al Baldwin, um, but uh. I thought that movie was a little too Dumb. complex. Like it's about the Nazis trying to get the Russians and America to fight each other, but it's so like technical as far as like um uh the Nazis. The, yeah, the Nazis have dis- have gotten a hold of a oh, unexploded nuclear warhead from Israel and then they have all these yeah. little plans to create these strikes that make it look like the Russians attacked us. Yeah. Um, they blew up Boston at some point. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Jeez. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's true. It's true. I watched this before that happened. <laughs> uh, Not because of. Do you ever feel like sometimes like you watch stuff or encounter stuff and then something similar or related oh, yeah. to that happens and you feel like, is that because I just yeah. immersed myself in that? Anyway. Um, but yeah, and then... Uh, yeah, the showdown at the end. There's there's not like a big climax. It's just like, are you going to kill me? No, I'm not going to kill you. Okay, let's just call off the nuke strike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, I went back to watching Harrison Ford movies. I finally saw Witness. That's a great movie. Oh, man, you'd never seen Witness. I'd never seen Witness. Oh, and it's a great that's movie. That's truly a great movie. That's Except a great... for the synth soundtrack that dates it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Horribly. Yeah. But, I mean, but you remember can you can see Kelly McGillis's boobs in it? Yeah. That's yeah. great. You could, you it's could, not even you a cutaway. It's like she's standing in the doorway and just hangs there for like good two or three minutes. Yeah. But yeah, there's yeah. A, actually a, a plot that's really nice intelligent. That's really cool. Straight um, for that, um, I think it's one of his the, un- most underrated movies. Oh yeah, nobody watches that movie for some reason. Like I think more people have seen Frantic, and that movie was made by a by a pedophile. Um, the uh, the synth soundtrack thing, like you could say that about a lot of movies made in that time. Like true, you know, but if you go back think... and watch Lethal Weapon, like that that soundtrack is really you know all Eric Claptony and synth. Um, but you know what it did is because the Kelly McGillis character is named Rachel. I kept thinking I was watching Blade Runner. <laughs> so that's true. Uh, I was that's like, true. really? Those synth soundtrack and yeah. same female character name? That's weird. And at the end, he's in a the robot. 80s? It's weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 he's a, on the farm, he's his an, face an, comes off. He's, and he's a robot. Amish robot. Yeah, Amish he still robot. has the beard, but he's all metal underneath. It wouldn't be metal; yeah. it'd be wood. Yeah. And, and uh, if you look, he runs on yeah, fire. Yeah, he's he's got a fireplace weird. in his chest. He's, he's a steampunk uh, replicant. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then Viggo Mortensen's in the background. Yeah. It's one of the Amish yeah. guys. Right. Um, that was back when he was just he would just show up in movies and kill people. <laughs> and then uh, I went back to watching Ben Affleck movies because then Changing Lanes was on the list. Oh, which man. is another movie from the late t- or early two thousands that I just saw once and didn't get back to. And, uh, and it's great. I wouldn't say it's great, but it, it's good. Um, yeah. I think it's. I think it's I remembered it as being more of like a spy versus spy, where they were just like one after another, like upping. You know, screwing each other over, but um, it was a little more subdued than that. And then I forgot about the whole plot of uh, what his law firm was uh, right trying to scam that uh, charity out of money, like yeah. And uh, seeing him go from being such a corrupted asshole to like realizing his mistakes, and yeah. uh, um, I think I think I like it just because the whole ethical dilemma that both those characters go through, yeah. Um, like like yeah, there are these moments where, especially early on, uh, like man, that's that scene when. Um, uh, Samuel L. Jackson drives by in the in the car and like holds up the thing and is like, "I I broke the car you're in. It you're about your to tire crash." Off, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like like that is so satisfying in that moment because you want him to get some revenge and you you're sort of you sort of understand like, dude, you really fucked this guy's life up. Um, but as it plays forward and you realize like maybe if these people were just nice to each other to begin with, none of this would happen. Um. Yeah, I I really liked that movie. Always have. Yeah. Um. Definitely better than I remember. And then the last thing I saw was a toss up between Identity Thief and Spring Breakers, <laughs> and I used my free ticket on Identity Thief. And guess what? This movie is way better than I thought it'd be. Really? It's actually really funny. What? Wow. Um. Dirty funny, and um, like it actually has a really strong emotional core to really? it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um. Because you, they actually make you 
feel sympathy for uh, Melissa McCarthy's character. Huh. huh. Yeah, I, was, I was shocked. Um, I, yeah, me and you are having the same reactions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are both. We are both a little. Yeah, from the previews, you think it's like this dumb, you know. Yeah, yeah. They sold it as as just like, oh, here's some dumb mid mid March comedy because there's nothing else out. Yeah, but um, wow. Uh, there's, there's, they both have great character arcs. Like uh, Jason Bateman, um, is, lives in a world of such like so such rules, and then when you find out like. Um, Melissa McCarthy's character, like why she became identity thief, and it's it's not like established that it may be even true, but it's just like, um, and how it resolves itself at the end, uh, like you you can't imagine like starting out in the movie like how could these people actually become friends, and it actually kind of makes sense by the end. So, hmm. and then it also has one of the most like I don't usually get creeped out by movies and uh or snakes in general. Uh, but <laughs> this has the most like creepy snake scene, and the snake is obviously CGI, and still made me cringe <laughs> with what happened. So kudos cool. to them for making a obviously fake looking snake. <laughs> is it the act the snake is doing, or is it the animation of the snake? It's well, I guess the animation of the snake and what it's doing. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, like it's not doing anything special. It's just like it's just being a normal snake. But something about it is just like, oh my god! I just want to get out of the theater right now. <laughs> oh man! Um, so that is all I've been watching. Um, Very cool. So James, man, finally to you. Um, Thanks for sticking in this long. No, 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 not at all. I watched Jersey Shore Shark Attack this week, uh, and I will <laughs> say, remember when I said I watched a lot of great stuff? Okay, mm-hmm. this one not not as much. Um, what's weird about this movie is uh, I don't know how to. I haven't written my review yet. Um, and I don't know really how to yet because all the other shark movies, they usually have like there's some gimmick that the shark is huge, the shark has two heads, the shark, shark swims in the sand. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. In this movie, the sh- there are, none of the sharks are freaks. Well, they are albinos, but they're just sharks. Um, the freaks are the people. Um, and so what the entertainment comes out of, like it's not even, even trying to be a horror movie. It's really trying to be a comedy that's lampooning the Jersey Shore. Uh, Do which any is, of the sharks have like spiky hair and sweet abs? No, <laughs> no, like that would have been that would have been cool. Um, no, it's just all these Jersey Shore jokes, and I think part of the problem is is that while I think they're funny, you know, the characters have names like Polly Balzac. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm all the, call the you women Polly are Balzac from now on. <laughs> the women are it's my friend Ryan. Here's Polly Balzac. Here's his dog. <laughs> the women are Nookie, J Money, and BJ. Um, uh, instead of the situation, it's the complication, which is actually when he explains why he like he does the thing where he lifts up his shirt and he's like, "When ladies see these things get complicated, I think that's way better than the actual situation's like explanation." Like you know, oh, because my six pack is the situation. No, no, that's not as creative as when ladies see my si- my six pack, things get complicated. I think that's I think that's a better name. Yeah, yeah, like that's a better nickname. Anyway, um, but it's not great. Don't see that movie, um, but but look for my review. It'll be it'll I'm sure it'll be funny. Maybe I'll write it tomorrow with Starfest. Um, the next big thing that was actually well, we'll get to whether or not it was good. I sort of dropped the ball. I'm I'm sort of the guy here who every time a new show comes out, I will go check it out. Um, but when when I heard that NBC was making Hannibal, I I was like, eh, yeah, I'll I'll check it out at some point. Like, um. Because I never thought 
that a network television show would have the balls uh, to let something creative and dark and twisted get on television on their channels. Um, but I forgot two things, and I forgot what I forgot was that it's it's created by Brian Fuller and directed the, at least the first three episodes so far are directed by David Slade. Um, Brian Fuller is the guy who made Dead Like Me, Pushing Daisies. He worked on Heroes for a while, and David Slade directed, directed Twilight. Hard, hard candy, and that three hundred days or thirty days a night, and the the second Twilight, movie. and that Monsters remake. <laughs> oh, Brian really? Fuller, Brian Fuller. Oh, Brian Fuller. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and Brian Fuller probably like he seemed like to me like a weird choice for this because I was like, you know, his shows are usually sort of whimsical. Um, but what I realize is is great about him is that Dead Like Me and Pushing Daisies are both shows that relied a lot on his creativity when it came to the way people died and that is very present here and in the darkest way possible um this show is this show is really good i really like this show it's the first show in years uh like i I, i'm really enjoying bates motel i'm still watching revolution i think it's fun Um, but this is the first show in years that an episode ends and i can't wait for the next one like as a new show um it's really fantastic. Um, it's it has creeped me out, like really kind of disturbed me in some of the some of the murders, some of just the ways. So the story is it it's Will Graham who's the guy from uh, Manhunter, Red Dragon, Red Dragon yeah. that guy. Um, in this case, he's a, he's a much more secluded Edward um, Norton. No, yeah, he well, but it's not played by Edward Norton. <laughs> it's Hugh Dancy, uh, who does a great job. William, in, but in in this case, he William is William Peterson. <laughs> in this case he's much more um like reclusive he um he's he's got that sort of superpower that everybody like the mentalist or whatever the guy from boondock saints has where they can go to a, a crime scene and they can like they can deconstruct it really well um but i think what makes this one special is that the way he does that is he he sort of um imagines himself as the killer goes back to a, a zero spot where like this is what the crime scene was like beforehand and then walks through the crime as if he were the one doing it and goes um, it was a firefight yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and because he does that two things are true one he um he's he's all about figuring out like the personality of the person um and and figuring out who they are and why they do things the way they do and that mixes in with the fact that because he's thinking it out himself, he is actually really twisted, and he has these horrible nightmares, and he he doesn't like talking to people. He um he doesn't like having to talk to a therapist, and of course, uh, after he kills somebody in the first episode, a bad guy, um, he gets assigned a therapist, and it's Hannibal Lecter. Oh no, um, who is played by Mads Mikkelsen, who's the bad guy in Casino Royale. Um, is he incarcerated? At this no. time? No, no, no. He's a free just man. a dot. Nobody knows what he is. Um, but we... Yeah, oh, man. Bonesaw knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's not he, that movie. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> he, he is both creepy and, and, I mean, present and killing people, but in a way that the other characters don't know. Um, and, and, like, the way they're handling the whole cannibalism thing is messed up and but cool and again i can't believe this is on network television other than the fact that when they come back from commercial it says viewer discretion advised for a really long time like like it comes up as the show keeps going and it's like fucking around no seriously like people are gonna get eaten um 
there yeah and and just really disturbing imagery things that sound simple like in the in the second episode he falls asleep in a hotel or in a hospital and he's dreaming that he's sitting in the chair that he's fallen asleep in um they don't reveal that he's sleeping it's just that he's sitting there and all of a sudden an elk walks down the hallway past the door and it's this like weird elk that's got like feathers on its hind quarters and stuff what is this twin um, peaks or something? no it totally it's <laughs> got this weird edge of it and that's where the brian fullerness of it comes in is that his sort of wacky alternate reality surrealism is in this show but in a dark way and it's fantastic um i am i am loving it um so check if you're if you're into that kind of stuff if you like the whole silence of the lamb series i definitely think this is worth worth checking out um I would say maybe look at it the way that, that Bates Motel does, where don't try to fit it into the canon or anything like that. Just enjoy the way that they're building the suspense around Lecter and, and the, the relationship that this guy and Lecter are going to have. Um, it's really cool, man. Uh, and I don't know where it's going to go. Like, it's, yeah. Um, so check that out. And the last thing I saw, I got a chance to go to the movies. And I went to a, like a traditional theater and I saw The Place Beyond the Pines, uh, which is the new movie from Derek Cienfrance. I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, he's the guy who made Blue Valentine. Did either of you see Blue Valentine? Mm-mm. I always, I wanted to, um, especially because of the whole NC-17 uh, debacle over that movie. But you want, you want to see Ryan yeah. Gosling eat out Michelle Williams. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I <sighs> Place Beyond the Pines is really hard to talk about because... If you've seen the trailer, they make it clear that it's going to tell this, these sort of two stories about these guys who are fathers and they, they have these sort of ethical dilemmas and clearly their stories are going to intertwine some. Um, this movie is so much more than that. Uh, it's, it's like a crime drama epic. It spans a way longer period of time than you think it will, involves way more characters than you think it will, it it goes it goes places you don't expect that like uh, the way this movie is written is so ballsy it does things that it, that you're not supposed to be able to do and it does it really well you can't um, do that on tv no it it really like they i uh, it's hard to talk about i i will say that they they separate the stories enough that like you watch one story and then you watch the other sort of um and when they transition from one to the next you sort of don't want you're sort of like well I'm I'm really into this story I don't want you to switch over to this story but they they get you in and get you liking that character so quickly and they do it more than just once uh, and every time when they start a new story you're like oh oh we're ending that story oh but I guess it's okay um, it's it's masterful if you are in any way interested in that movie based on the trailer I think you need to go see it uh, if you like you know just a good drama this is one of the best I've seen this year. Can you reveal um, what the place between the pines is? Beyond the pines? Beyond the pines? Um, no. Between the pines it's is not, the road. It's not specified. I think I sort of know what they're talking about. Um, but but that's not the point of the movie. It's a weird title. Um, I, will, I will admit that. But I don't know what you could call the movie that would make it make sense. Because it is so... Um, it's not one thing. If that makes sense. It's probably just more trees. <laughs> yeah it's a christmas tree uh, obviously farm. yeah so yeah i i really loved it and and everybody is great ryan gosling is amazing um uh what's the other who's the other guy uh bradley cooper bradley cooper is great i i will even say eva mendez there is there's a scene eva mendez has where she's in she's in bed with ryan gosling spoilers um and she's out of focus Bucking? 
No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, they had. They clearly, you know, that happened. They're, people are, they're, just, they're naked in bed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she's, she's out of focus, and we're paying attention to what he's saying, and he says something in such a way, like he says something really powerful and, and, and sort of sweet. Uh, and this has never happened to me before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and her reaction. Oh, my God. <laughs> her, her performance out of focus is really powerful. Uh, if that makes sense, like, like, because because you 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 get what it's okay, she's baby. doing. Secretly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you just go see, see um, Place Beyond the Pines. It's really great, or, or you know, rent it when you get a chance to. Um, it, I don't think it should be missed this year. That's everything I saw this week. Very cool. Lots of things, guys. Huh? Yeah. Box office note. Wait, hey, hey, hey! I need to pay some freaking bills first. Here's That's what. True. Here's what our sponsors want you to go spend money at places that we go to for barbecue that can't be beat try birdman barbecue sauce available and original and spicy these robust full flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face and for that smoke and taste on everything you eat try new birdman smoke and rub caution Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop off Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. Hey, uh, Jimmy Valentine, that was a really great game-winning score you had there at the sporting event. Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate that. You can look for that card really soon at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. They got tons of sports memorabilia. Jimmy Valentine, RKO Radio News. Jimmy, what makes Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics your favorite comic store in the Colorado area? I'm telling you, forget about it. A comic collector like me, I can save 20% on a hold slot. Duh. Plus, it's hard for me. I'm on the road all the time. If I want the amazing Spider-Man and I'm not around, it's in my hold slot. Jimmy Valentine, what do you have to say about your recent allegations about steroid use? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question, but I am going to tell you that if I want to get Magic the Gathering cards, I go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. <laughs> the little square Jimmy Jr., he loves those. So go to 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Nevada, Colorado. They'll take really good care of you. Hold on, Jimmy. One Jim, more Jimmy, question. One more question Wait, Jimmy. No, no, don't go yet. Hmm. I wonder what won the box office last week. This is the box office stats. You know what, James? I can tell you. I, I can tell you, too. 42 won the box office. It's actually the highest grossing baseball movie opening weekend ever. $27 million. Really? Yeah. It was sold out last week when we tried it was. to go. So did you, did you, get, you didn't get a chance to see it? I didn't. It's um, awesome. Yeah, I went to see Place Beyond the Pines instead. It's all right. Um yeah, we should see it though. It may, uh, you know, I liked it so much that I really want to get a Jackie Robinson jersey. Really, dude, that's yeah. cool. Well, and it's forty-two, so if you, it's a Hitchhiker's Guide number. That yeah, that's right. But um, you said, yeah, you know, I do um, know. Very cool. Um, yeah, that's the number one movie. <laughs> this is the time where we're like, huh? Should we spend money on Blu-rays this coming week? DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, you sort maybe. of should. Maybe I'll you, wait. You might... Um, Gangster Squad is the big one. Um, actually, that's not true. The one that's selling the most based on uh, digital bits is the 3D version of Jurassic Park, uh, which is cool. That comes out this week. 
Um, but it's then, good yeah. 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Worth 3D. I, I mean, if you already own the Blu-ray, definitely don't upgrade just for the 3D. I wouldn't say. Um, the uh, but yeah, Gangster Squad comes out this week, which hit meh. me. <laughs> hit yeah. me. <laughs> I liked it the most of us, and I would still say like yeah, rent it. Um, uh, Brian's The Impossible. The oh yeah, about, oh, I uh, love The Impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely should see that movie. It's one of the movies that you should have saw last year that I'm the only one who did. Yeah, I still I'm, now is my chance to see it. Uh, there's a little Matt Damon movie that snuck through called Promised Land that I know nothing about. With Joe Krasinski? Uh, Written by? John Krasinski. Yeah, yeah oh. John Krasinski. Yeah. From uh, Office. And Francis McDormand is in it, too. I wonder if he looks at the camera in it. <laughs> I mean, They're yeah. stealing I our mean, oil. I mean, he's a cool <laughs> guy and everything, but, I mean, he's always looking at the camera. <laughs> is that movie about stealing oil? Or fracking? It's fracking. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's about fracking. Oh, okay. I heard it's really good, though. It's it, fracking great, guys. <laughs> that should be on the box. But it did uh, get, get a, uh, a very wide release because huh. it didn't do as well in limited release. Because it was about fracking. Yep. Um, a Haunted House, which is that goddamn... That's pretty far down there. Wayans movie. Oh, yeah. Horrible. No, no. no nobody, nobody cared. Um, the entire seventh season of Touched by an Angel. Very nice, uh, and a Blu-ray re-release of The Great Gatsby, the uh, the Robert Redford version. I heard so, that one's really boring. Um, I didn't love it, and I like the book, and I I don't love the Great Ga- the Robert Redford one. Well, and my mom got so when she saw the trailer, she got so pissed. She was like, "I can't believe they're making remaking a Robert Redford movie." And I was like, <laughs> "It was a book. <laughs> you can remake books." And then we had this whole argument about whether or not you can remake a movie based on a book, and I still say absolutely. Me and Brad last week were trying to think <laughs> of funny movies to have that horrible song where it's like, yeah, with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that trailer's really bad. I know. And it, you know what? They should not Seriously, let him use that music. trailer's been around for a year. Oh, yeah. And it's been in Well, that movie was supposed so to come out movies. last summer. And it's like four minutes fall. long. I know. It's, yeah. They should really have a new trailer. It's unbelievable that they don't. Yeah. Oh, well. well, there is one, but there's, like, there's an international trailer they don't show here. Well, I guess um, the only good news is it comes out in... A month, two yeah. months. Yeah, it's coming quick. Um, I feel like we should have a new South Park season out on DVD at this point in the I'm year. Not, I'm not seeing one. Maybe next There's week. No Damn I'll it. Hold out. Um, there is uh, Fifty Shades of Desade. I don't know what that is, but it sounds like some movie that's <laughs> trying it, to rip, mo- rip off of Sade. Sade, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, like the Marquis yeah. de Sade? <laughs> <laughs> Fifty Days of Sade. It's It's... <laughs> Yeah, well, there's, <laughs> there's really nothing. It's not a. It's a. It's a light week. Yeah, come on, DVDs and Blu-rays, pick it up. Yeah, slowing down a little bit. Yeah. Do you not want my money? Cliff Richard live in Berlin. I don't even know who Cliff Richard is. Have you heard the news? Unspool the real news. It's real news. Well, we sort of talked about last week, uh, at least in the deleted version of last week's show, um, the fact that I saw Pitch Perfect and thought that it was all right. You didn't love it like I did? Yeah. No, it did not wow me. It, it, it you know, was somewhere between not being Glee and being Glee. And, you know, I would have wanted it to not be Glee, but there was still some Glee in there. After he jerked off to Anna Kendrick, he had that. There is there's oh, a great man. shot. In she that. is great, dude. <laughs> there's a great shot in that movie with Anna Kendrick, though, where it's like a minute, un- like, Right under zeroing in on her breasts, where she's like <laughs> leaning down, and you could see down her shirt and stuff. Just like I, a minute. I don't care. I she smiles and she makes the whole movie good. 
Anyway, they're um, they're gonna wow, make her smile. Jesus, put that back in your pants. <laughs> Ryan and I are just in the room. Raised and he spun it. Um, <laughs> they're they're gonna make her smile in another movie. In mm. 2015, they're gonna make another Pitch Perfect movie. So Ryan, yeah, you, Pitch Perfecter. His his top ten list: number one, Pitch Perfect two; number two, Star Wars. Absolutely. Um, May the force be with me. Yeah. Uh, we got to see a sneak peek of, or some some set photos of what Electro is going to look like, or at least what he he's going to look like in one scene of the new Spider-Man. Um, movie. he looks like Ultimate Electro. He does. He's all blue. He's veiny. Um, he's got a cool hoodie with lights on the inside, so he's trendy. I always, know? I've always said this. I thought Electro would be a cool villain on screen. Yeah, it's one of those that like, especially since they, I mean, every every uh, superhero pantheon has a guy that gets struck by lightning or whatever and has super lightning powers. Um so he's but he's one of those guys that's that's very comic booky. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Oh yeah yeah. Like he relies on you to not give a shit about the way the science works and just be like, oh, this guy can shoot lightning and stuff. Um and maybe this time they'll do it different. Maybe he'll he'll you know, only be able to shoot lightning from nearby. Maybe they'll blend it like with a shock or really have like armbands or something that he can. Yeah. Shoot. Or maybe he can just sort of sense it. So like he can, kind if of you're like standing near emperor a... right there. Yeah. Oh well, my God. I was, I was waiting to chime in with the emperor thing. Like he's got the hoodie on. He's got a blue face. He's you're got right. Lightning out of his hands. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but I was, I was going to say, I mean, you know, maybe if like, if Spider-Man is next to a car, he can make all the electricity jump out of that car and shock Spider-Man. You know, maybe he won't necessarily be like like the Emperor where Spider-Man's he shoots lightning like, at people. I'll never join you. You know what I'd like to see in the movie, then too? you will die. <laughs> um, is Spider-Man use his ingenuity, too? Because in the comics, he invented a suit that had rubber insulin in it so he couldn't get electrocuted yeah and to defeat electric it had insulin in it or like to keep his diabetes insulation i don't know what you'd call it <laughs> no, i'm just i'm just giving you a hard time yeah i don't know what you'd call it but yeah it was rubber cool um yeah i mean i think it looks cool um it it may be that the rest of the movie he's gonna be naked and blue mm-hmm. um but like dr manhattan yeah 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 Cock- or blue dongs yeah. oh man well and we've already we saw jamie fox's dick last year so it would be Why interesting to see Jamie Foxx play a bad guy, too. That's true. That is true. Yeah. It, I can't think of anything where he's like not a good person in a movie. Right. Hmm. Uh, he was I feel in, like there's uh, something. Toys, actually. <laughs> I just remembered. Was he? Oh, really? He plays the security guard when they're peeping on uh, Robin Williams and Robin Wright doing it. Horrible bosses. I can't remember anything about a pimp named uh, Slickback. No, not a pimp named Slickback. What's what's his pimp name in that movie? Mother motherfucking, motherfucking Jones. Mother motherfucking Jones. Jones. I can't. No, pimp, no. Motherfucking Jones is a good guy. Never mind. Um, yeah. We'll see. Uh, when when the year two thousand happened, uh, everybody was like, well, everybody in movies was like, ah, Fox is gonna have to change their name because now they sound old. And then it didn't happen, and now it's happening. Fox is actually gonna change twentieth century Fox to. 21st century fox well one division of the company yeah um but i mean i i would assume that that will mean that that logo is going to change no not the film division i thought that was 20th it's just like the entertainment part so like if they make a video game or something it'll be 21st oh i thought that the um when i read it i thought like yeah 20th 20th television stays the same and fox they just no new like normal fox stays the same but i thought that the, no, what I read is like just the film division division pres- preserves it, so it'll s- still have that you know. Oh, you're right. Searchlight thing going on. You're right. You're right. I know. Um, <laughs> speaking of things where you might be wrong, though, mm-hmm. uh, 
Alan Richson, which you know Alan Richson, Brad. You're a big fan of Alan Richson. We're buddies. We um, play golf all the he's, time. He says that everything you've read about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie on the internet is wrong, including probably the fact that Alan Richman is in the movie. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so so he, he may have undermined himself Danny there. Woodburn is not cast as Splinter now? <laughs> yeah, suddenly. <laughs> hey, Turtles, <laughs> make sure that you get me some pizza. He's going to yeah. run around and kick all the turtles in the balls? Michael like... Bay, not, in no way in, involved in the production. No. Um, Megan Fox. Megan Fox, not in the movie. Doesn't exist um, at all. <laughs> not even a person. Not a real person. Uh, the turtles are, are, are in the movie, but they're not CG. They're actually just turtles. They're live turtles. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't. It's just an hour and a half of turtles in a terrarium, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then a big middle oh. finger at the end. It's it's uh like it's these actually are supposed to be aliens. It's actually it's a it's an anthology film. Um, it's there's a period after each word. One one movie is about teenagers. One movie is about mutants. <laughs> one movie is about ninjas, and one movie is about turtles. <laughs> It's like a Robert Altman film. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Altman, TMNT. Oh, man. That would be great. I would see that movie. Me too. Oh, man. Ninja Cuts, I guess. Oh, man. <laughs> and on the, on, on the news of just stupid Michael Bay news... Um, so they're, they're filming a bunch of Transformers 2... Transformers 4, I'm sorry, in China. And in order to cast the roles of the Chinese characters in the film, China has created a reality television show, the winners of which will be in the film the best way to cast any movie. Absolutely. I mean, really. Well, we know Michael Bay cares about acting in movies. (laughs) Yeah, if you can wash his car, you can get a job. Well, I still think you know the scene in Armageddon where Bruce Willis locks Ben Affleck in the airlock is pretty good. Hey, I will defend Michael Bay every day of the week. Um... This is a silly thing. I mean, they're probably just going to be in the background running away from giant robots, but so it probably doesn't matter. But um, and these are Japanese, Chinese, Chinese, and they're going to be in an American movie or just a Chinese oh, yeah. movie. That well, they're filming. Chinese no, they're filming part of the movie in China. Yeah, and and I think China. Oh, this I, is for Transformers. Right, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I think if I remember right, China might also be involved in the production. Like they might have some money in this movie, but now I can't remember because um, China has become a huge market for films. Um, there's going to be Iron Man three. Is it Iron has, Man three yeah, has, has a different version a different of version. the film for just specifically for China, um, like with extra scenes with Chinese actors in it, um, just because they're trying to appeal to that market more, um, and especially on a big movie like this where you need half a billion dollars to make and and market the movie. <laughs> they're about to um, say half a billion people. <laughs> half a, yeah, <laughs> you need half a billion people to go see this movie. Do you think um, they're just going to spend five hundred million dollars on that movie? Um. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I I would be surprised if that movie didn't cost. I if the production bu- budget on that movie is smaller than two hundred and fifty million dollars, I would be shocked. And then usually with with that two hundred million dollars in two hundred and fifty, I would say I mean, two hundred fifty million dollars in like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, ads and stuff. What do you call that? Like, why can't I think marketing. of the word? Oh, marketing? Uh, product <laughs> placement. You're talking about product placement. Yeah. No. Oh, oh, and fifty million dollars in yeah uh, marketing. Yeah. Well, I mean the 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 estimate for uh, back when Avatar came out was that that movie cost four to five hundred million dollars to produce, and then the marketing for that movie was almost equal to that. Jeez. I mean they they were saying that in all like all costs together that movie probably cost more than a billion dollars to make. It made two, so it worked, but. 
Um, a lot of times when you look at a movie budget, uh, I mean, it depends on how much marketing you see and stuff like that. We don't get all of it. The truth is, if you live in L.A., there's there's every street corner, you know, is billboards is, and posters there's, there's on billboard, storefronts. Yeah, exactly. All of that stuff. Uh, and for movies that we don't ever see that kind of marketing for, you know, um, Anyway, yeah, the, the the estimate I've heard is that a lot of times you can simply just double whatever the production budget is, and that's what they need to make back to break even. Um, so, like, if a movie, like like Serenity, back when Serenity came out, I think it was $20 million, $25 million to, to make that movie, and then it made back 26 or something like that in theaters. That was not going to be enough for that movie to get a sequel because they needed at least another $20 million to break even, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, marketing is a, a huge chunk of change on those films, um, especially on something as big as Transformers, where they're going to market it in other in other regions. Um, so, yeah, I would be surprised if that movie doesn't cost them half a billion dollars. Can I give a quick shout out to some three really funny videos that appeared in the web this week? Sure. Two from Pat Oswalt. Okay, I'll do it myself. <laughs> I, uh, I thought no. you, you said uh, you were yeah. going to give a shout-out. You shout said out. you were going to give shout-outs, yeah. I, I was hoping like when you would jump in. Like, oh, the Star oh, Wars yeah, thing? Oh, yeah, the Star Wars filibuster and then the Oh, no, the, I knew what you were going to I didn't want to step on your toes. I was like, oh, yeah, Brad's going to bring something to the table. I'm not going to steal it from him. Wow, that was a first. <laughs> you <laughs> usually just jump in and derail me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, if you can find it. I'm like, <laughs> you, like can you can't find, find it. it. It's hidden somewhere uh, on If you've been living under a rock, yeah, Pat and all did this... Dark Knight parody where he teaches Batman about death. Yeah, uh, dresses the penguin. It's uh, so good. And then uh, it's from those same people who've done all the ones of like sort of the parody of the end of Dark Knight, where 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 Batman can't understand that that Two Face or that Scary Face and Harvey Dent are the same person. So when Harvey turns his head, Batman thinks that Harvey has shown up. Um, and then the other one where uh, it's Dark Knight Rises and uh, uh, Miranda Tate's like got him cornered oh yeah he's that describing him, like how he banged her and, <laughs> yeah. um and, he, he does yeah he doesn't mind that that he's gonna die because he had sex with her yeah and then yeah. um Those the other really one good. was yeah the star wars filibuster um and then the last one was not <laughs> blanking on it because we talked about the other two so much uh oh yeah the harrison ford uh oh yeah on jimmy kimmel uh not wanting to talk about star wars which yeah. i thought was hilarious yeah it was that was really good because he plays it so seriously, so <laughs> yeah, those yeah. are some gems. For you, you know, there was a, there was a really funny. I, I don't know if you guys ever watched Conan O'Brien years ago when he wasn't even that big and his set wasn't that good. Harrison Ford was on there for uh, I don't even know six days and seven nights, yeah, and, and he came on and uh, I like that movie. Harrison Ford sat down and and Conan, you know, he's it's a great interview. And Conan says, "Well, thank you so much for being on my show." He says, "Yeah, I guess I can be on this." not very good show and like Harrison Ford's playing it like he, he can't believe he's slumming it and it's <laughs> it's really funny oh man that's good so like this week it's my turn to pick a comic book it is and I'm sticking to the theme that James started last uh, week all Spider-Man all the time what's up nerds it's the comics corner uh, it is a Spider-Man one. Oh, but it I'm is I'm out <laughs> <laughs> It's written by Joe Kelly, <gasps> and I, I found out about it through my Spider-Man Chronicle book I have, where it's 50 years of Spider-Man stories, and what the book does is it highlights a story a month for 50 years. It doesn't matter what series or Spider-Man it is. I mean, for the first like 
15 years is just amazing because that's the only Spider-Man title. Yeah. But it starts branching off, and one was Web Spinners. And Web Spinners was um, Spider-Man not tied to any continuity um, except they what they did is said they went to comic book art, uh, writers and artists and said, hey, if you want to tell a story in any part of Spider-Man's career, you can write it for how many issues you want it, whatever characters you want in it, as long as it fits in Spider-Man's timeline. Hmm. And uh, Joe Kelly picked one where Peter Parker is going to a senior prom. And he's going to a senior prom with, uh, at, at this time in high school, his girlfriend was Betty Brandt, and Betty Brandt was Jane Jonah Jameson's assistant at the Daily Bugle. She dropped out of high school, and she became an assistant for JJ. She's a bad girl. Yep, so she's older than Peter. Um, but Peter's also, it's such a great story. He's Peter's also trying to get this grant because he can't afford the scholarship uh, to enroll into ESU without... Uh, without the grant because him and Aunt May don't have money. So his whole, this whole arc is predicated on him getting this grant and developing a certain kind of uh, chemical that bonds to things. And at glue? The sa- uh, it's not glue. Okay. James. Um, and so at the same time, Flash Thompson's girlfriend, Liz Allen, is really attracted to Peter because he's such a nice guy and Flash Thompson is such a meathead. Yeah. And... Uh, and so the prom's coming up, and Liz Allen wants Peter to ask her to the prom. So he does because he's tired of being bossed around, and he takes a day off, and um, the Sandman attacks, and he takes his experiment and throws in the Sandman, and it makes the Sandman mutate. And it's a great story because it deals with what happens if Spider-Man and Peter Parker take a day off, that he forgets his responsibilities as not only a person but as a superhero. Hmm. And so he's conflicted with it. But he also ends up, then Betty Brant wants to go to prom with him. So he has two dates to prom. And then he finds out that Mary Jane next door, who he's never met, wants to go to prom with him. And he says yes. So Aunt May sets that up. This is all proof that he was never meant to be a dweeby, like, loveless dude. Yeah. So he had uh, three dates to prom. And there's... uh, and when Aunt May finds out, there's a great. Like, <laughs> does it turn into like a wacky sitcom where he has to? He does all three. He goes uh, with all three of them and has to juggle his time and not let them meet each other. No, no he doesn't tell. Okay. It, it starts that way where he's not going to tell any of them about it. Yeah. And then Aunt May finds out that he has three oh. dates, and so he shows up at home and he doesn't know how he's going to get out of dates with any of them. Yeah. And she has three uh, corsages for him. And he says, well, what do you get me three? She says, because you're a whore. She's basically telling him that you can't do that to people. You're playing with people's yeah. emotions. And he learns another you know, responsibility thing. And it's a really great story. And it's really cute. Dude, this and sounds he, awesome. And he, so he realizes that Flash Thompson's abused by his father. And that his father thinks he's a loser because Liz Allen wanted to go to prom with Peter Parker. And so he finds a way where Peter, uh, Flash Thompson can save face. It's really good, oh, and man. so he lets Liz Allen smack him, and and it's really cool. So Flash Thompson doesn't get abused by his father because I mean there's some heavy issues. And, oh yeah, and then Betty Brant doesn't want to go with him, and then Mary Jane uh, flakes out because she's Mary Jane. Yeah. And so he ends up going to prom with nobody. Oh wow! And it, it's just that real, makes me so excited to talk to Joe Kelly. I know it's a really man. great story, and one of those ones that it's a hidden gem that he just wrote because they said, "Hey, you can write whatever you want." And yeah. Uh, people know that when he rides Spider-Man, it's usually pretty good. How many issues is it? Three. Cool. It's really good. And you can pick it up, Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, for a dollar an issue. No way. They're, it's in the back issues, which you can get half off. And they're freaking uh, 209 was the price on the issue. So oh, man. It was a dollar five. So I spent $3 on three great issues. Wow. 
So you should definitely pick it up. And, and if I'm that really sounds, if that sounds good to you, you should you should run over there and get them before I do. Yeah, I, I'm great. really digging this web spinners. Tell I've never read them before, but I've been buying a lot of them. Cool. And it's so cool seeing art uh, writers and artists that aren't handcuffed by continuity and they can right. make, tell whatever story they want. That's the way Spider-Man should be. Absolutely. So yeah, pick it up. And it's web spinners issues. I didn't think I said seven through nine. Cool. 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 And then take it to Denver Comic Con, get Joe Kelly himself oh, to yeah. sign it. I'm going to have him what? sign it. I'm going to put it in front of him. And I'm going to see how surprised he is that I have web spinners tells a Spider-Man. That's pretty cool. I hope he's going to be over the moon. <laughs> Wouldn't it suck if he were like, yeah, everybody makes me sign this one. I know, but I really... Uh, another web spinner. Another web spinner. <laughs> I, really I didn't even like this story. Yeah. It's such trash. Did this for a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I also love his rhino story. So oh, yeah. Um, I'm really hoping I can get him on because I want to talk to him about his process for writing Spider-Man. I just, um, I just want to make him pay for making me cry in public. <laughs> so this week on the Real Nerds podcast, we had special guests. They were cool enough to see the movie we saw this week with us, and also they're going to talk about their movie called The Aviation Cocktail, which you can see for yourself this coming not this coming week i guess it might be this coming week april by the time this comes up yeah yeah by yeah. the time this comes up it's the april 26th through may 2nd at the c film center at 2510 east colfax avenue in denver colorado and they told us they have two showings a day one at two and one at seven and if you go to the one on saturday at seven afterwards you can have a q a with the filmmakers david higgins and the director i mean the director the producer Robert, so yeah, Dave is the director. Dave yeah. is the director, and Robert, and, and also the cast members will be there, so you should check them out. So cool, and they were great guys. Yeah, and so not only are they going to tell us about their movie, they're going to talk to you about Oblivion, which we saw as well. So enjoy. So why don't you all introduce yourselves to our loyal listeners of two? I'm uh, David Higgins. I'm the writer director, and I am Bobby Deline, and I produced the film. And I am Billy DeLine, and I had a cameo in the film. Very cool. So, you know what, guys? Let's start at the beginning. What got you guys into making movies? Did, is Aviation Cocktail your first movie, or what did you do first? What made you love movies? Well, I, like you, have uh, ridiculously stupid tattoos. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> stupid? Excuse me, sir. Well, I mean, amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Well played. Mine are um, Star Wars themed, and that's Awesome. Of... You know what? My tattoos will always be amazing. They'll never be superior. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have way dumber ones than the ones you see. We're only one beer deep right now, so... <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind, this is radio, and we cannot see what's happening. So no, yeah. Let's get yeah. back so on... con. On let's talk about here. more things that are happening around us. There's a clock. Um, but but it is, it's internet radio, so you can say fuck. Ah, oh, fuck is, that. Yeah. yeah. I'm a yeah. child of the 80s. We grew up on Star Wars and in Indiana Jones and stuff like that. Probably yeah, yeah. similar to you guys. And so Absolutely. Um, I, I just at one point realized that this was the only thing I, I could do or was willing to do for <laughs> a, a career. And so, uh, we met each other online. This is true. Oh, wow. Like on, like on filmmakers spot, like some kind of on zisk.com. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of those dating services. Which one yeah. was it? Colorado production resource guide is the best place to hook up. Men, men seeking men who like film. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking for a job actually. And we were, uh, at the time was producing a Western and then we said, well, let's work together. And, um, the Western didn't happen. But Aww. it's up next because it was a bigger budget, so we did this instead. Right. And that's how it all, the magic started. The end. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, 
from a young age, I would, it was either write a paper or do a video project. And uh, I always would choose to do the video project as kind of the easy way out. But it just it was fun to be creative. And I kind of found out that I was decent at it. And so when I went to college again, it was like, OK, should I go to real school or film school? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ended up doing that. And then, like he said, we met online. And uh, I think Billy kind of came along for the ride. Yeah, I'm the younger brother, so I'm the guy that that's why stuck you have the same last name. Exactly. <laughs> so I get stuck in all the terrible situations, and so I end up tagging along through everything and through all the drunken kicks in the nuts and crazy shit that happened. I figured, like, so are you the well, Ted Raimi of, of the group? Then he likes cameras. I like cameras. Yeah. yeah. Cameras. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So how did uh, how did the aviation cocktail come about? Um, you're the writer and director. Where did the idea come from? And tell us about the movie. It's sort of uh, loosely based on stories I'd heard about my grandfather. He uh, was in World War II, and when he came back to a small town in Nebraska, he had to deal with rural life, and that's how I imagine he dealt with it. So the story's sort of about uh, these war veterans that are dealing with PTSD before it was labeled as such. It was, you know, shell shock back then. And so um, that, and you sp- I spice it up with a little uh, Badlands um, serial killer action comes through town, and then... The title uh, sort of came from the, a martini. Uh, you know, how do you make a martini? You throw in a bunch of stuff, you shake it up, you pour it out. So, you know, these people are, their lives are turned upside down and then shaken up. And then when it's poured out, no one's left unscathed. And that's uh, kind of kind of it in a nutshell. Oh, my God. I love your title now. <laughs> before oh. you hated it, though. No, no. Before I didn't. I, I was like, oh, that's, that's weird. And now, oh, man. That's good. Do you like lavender martinis? No, no. no. <laughs> what do you say? No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a writer. So anytime that you explain a metaphor that I didn't understand before, I'm like, that's impressive. I like that. Thanks. Yeah. I just made it up. That's okay. Wait, you made up the the aviation cocktail or the lavender martini? Oh, because the, the lavender is an, a, an ingredient in an actual aviation cocktail. It is a real drink. It was oh, popular in oh. the 30s, like in the uh, what do you call it? The De, 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 the past, yeah. The past, the swing it, the swinging thirties. Yeah, uh, the Great Gatsby yeah. era. Yeah. yeah, I gotcha. That's yeah, because cool. I mean, I noticed watching the trailer. It is, you know, it is a period piece. So it's an uh, it's, it's an it's an independent film. So was that hard shooting that way? I mean, finding yes. the old cars and. That was uh, the stupidest thing I could have ever done. Was, uh, <laughs> and is this your first feature length? Yes. Uh, and so you didn't decide, I'm like, I'm just going to shoot a drama with two people in the room. I'm going to make this really hard with um, planes flying and period pieces. and Dogs, kids. I wanted to torture the crew. <laughs> <I'm> sadist. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be fun if it was easy, though. Then everybody would just quit because it's like, this is, there's nothing to do here. But yeah. we got lucky because this town we shot in Valentine, Nebraska... It's in the Sand Hills, and uh, the town sort of exists as it did in the 1950s. And people came out of the woodwork bringing us cars and props and costumes. And so the town is really instrumental in getting the film made the way it should should be made. And how did you settle on finding that town? Were you scouting locations, or did you Google it? And you says, hey, this is a 1950s town. And- town towns that look like the past. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a little bit of both. We had, like we had mentioned, um, or Dave mentioned earlier, we were working on a Western film. And we have a website, which is docmiddleton.com. That's the name of the next film, Doc Middleton. 
And uh, these people from Valentine, Nebraska, actually found us through that website because Doc Middleton operated there in the Sand Hills around Valentine. And so hmm. when we went up there, we were, we were going there to scout locations for Doc, but we decided to pitch them this project as well because um, that was kind of the one we were ready to get going with right then. And so the town kind of came behind us, and we pitched it there for the uh, city council, and they ended up giving us some uh, a small increment of uh, funds from their economic development board. And kind of roundaboutly, we ended up creating film incentives for the state of Nebraska. So it was kind of a cool project, and it was just a lot of fun to do. And now that the incentives are in place, uh, Alexander Payne, took advantage of him and shot his film there. It's called Nebraska. He was going to shoot in Kansas because there was tax incentives, but now that they're in Nebraska, he shot his film Nebraska in Nebraska, and now it's premiering at the uh, Cannes Film Festival this year. So, uh, And to answer your question, to go back, yes, once we decided to, to go forward on this project, we scouted locations. We drove all over Colorado and Nebraska to find uh, airports. That was the key ingredient because we, sh- we didn't know if, if we were going to shoot Colorado or Nebraska. And once the tax incentives from Nebraska came in, we went to Nebraska. Valentine at the airport, and then this happy accident happened. It turns out my grandfather had a hangar in Valentine. Wow. And all these weird, it was meant to be's happened. <laughs> it was really just a Jerry Maguire moment, though. They showed us the money, and <laughs> they that's, did. that's where we went. So yeah. Bobby took his shirt off <laughs> quite a few times. And then they really showed you the money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think we rolled over something that I uh, did. I hear you right that you said that you guys were instrumental in in getting Nebraska to have incentives for film there. Yeah, um, basically, I want, the, I want to hear about that. The way that we went about doing it, which was uh, and uh, the economic development person there in uh, Valentine, Nebraska, his name is Mike Burge, and he kind of had this idea with us to go ahead and go in front of the city council and pitch the project as something that would really not only boost tourism but bring in a lot of funds to the city that wouldn't have been going on during their off season. They have a big hunting season as well as a big rafting and uh, tubing season. So when they were off season, they were looking for things to bring money into their businesses. And they thought a crew of 30 or 40 people coming in and not only spending money in the community as a production, but also as individuals when they were offset would be something that would really help them to grow. And so what they did was they gave us a small amount of funds to come and offset the cost of like gas, um, food, lodging, things like that. And that's that's the way we decided to go there as opposed to shooting here in Colorado. And then so we went there, we shot there, we dropped a bunch of money. After we're gone, uh, State Senator Colby Koash saw how it had worked, and he went before the uh, Senate and said, hey, I want to propose these tax incentives. And then Alexander Payne and actor John Beasley uh, testified and said, yeah, this is a good idea for the state. They passed. And now Nebraska has like, I think it's 25%. Tax tax rebate. Wow, uh, for filmmaking in the state. That's fantastic. I mean, that's that's been a big deal here for a long time. Like in Colorado, people like us have been, you know, as, and especially there is a large community of people here in Denver who are trying to make films, and and I think there are a lot of people who are are desperate and wondering like why, how come every time they make a, a Cowboys and Aliens movie, they aren't filming it in Colorado, and it's because we don't have that second place. Yeah, um, and that's that's huge. Uh, so for one thing, thank you. That's really cool. Uh, and two, do it in Colorado now. Yeah, and unfortunately, <laughs> it's just one of those things that, again, they, I think they just had a bill go before the Senate, and two, like a couple of the senators turned it down. And so yeah. they're having problems with increasing the amount of funds that they can use for the tax incentives. So I think it's all about education and really just getting it aside from the people that are directly involved in the film community, but other people that 
to get on board and see that what a benefit it could be to the state. Um, so it's just, it's great to be on podcasts like you guys, so we can get the word out there and yeah, and let people know about it. It's a big deal, you know. No, thank you for coming on. I mean, it's we'll always have filmmakers on it. It's great. I didn't know. I mean, I knew you guys had it was an independent film, but I didn't know it was kind of like that big of an independent film. I mean, when you oh, have yeah. a crew of how many people were on your crew? You said thirty or forty, maybe uh, twenty to thirty. Because the last guy we interviewed had a crew of like three. So, I mean, how many days did it take you to shoot your film? We shot in uh, 17 days. And it was pretty lean. We had to give or take a couple because we did some uh, aerial pickups in Colorado. Mm-hmm. We oh, had wow. a snow scene, so we had to we wait had a for few of us had to sober up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you get to the end of the shoot, you know. Yeah. Yeah, martini shots are real martini. So take me through the process then of making the film. Did you guys audition people just in Nebraska, or did you put out a casting call and people showed up and you took them with you, or how did that all work? It's kind of uh, backwards the way we did it. We, we needed to shoot a trailer at first because we did uh, mm. crowdfunding on Indiegogo. That was going to be my next question. For so a, a, a small percentage, not the entire budget. <laughs> right. Yeah, it didn't cover. <laughs> says, says the guy that put some of his own money in there. It wasn't <laughs> a Veronica Mars all-inclusive deal. We raised like eight grand on Kickstarter and the rest yeah. was private investment. But wow, uh, to get it going, we shot a trailer and, and we auditioned like two or 300 people in Denver. And... Uh, there's one guy in LA. And so we shot the trailer with the people that were the best from the auditions. And then it turned out that they, I cast them in the feature too. A year later, we wow. went into production. It took, it took a while to raise the money, you know, fundraising is not easy. Right. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how it went. And yeah, we put out casting calls to, to agencies, Craigslist, you name it, you know, just get it out there. People came in. We did cast a lot in Nebraska as well for day players. Um, I think we had, maybe like eight or nine people that were actually speaking roles. Right. And then in terms of the town itself, we had over like 300 people show up just to be extras, extra standards. Yeah. So worked out really well. Wow. I I do want to know uh, a little bit more about, so you, you, you did some of it crowdsourced. Um, how was that the first place you went? How did you go about getting, yeah, like, the first, are, are the, the people who independently funded it, were they, are they friends of yours? What's, the How first place that? was uh, Indiegogo, and we did okay. that instead of Kickstarter because Indiegogo, you don't have to raise the full amount. You can raise right. a portion. You still get it. They take 9%. If you don't raise the full amount, they take 4% if you do. Yeah. And so uh, we did Indiegogo, showed the trailer on the website to get the buzz, did some parties and mm-hmm. stuff. That got the word of mouth going, and then it was just a matter of contacting private investors who saw the trailer, who gotcha. saw that we had this momentum behind us. And that's how we got the finishing funds. Oh, cool. So, yeah. so it was more that like the the fact that you had done it crowdsourced and and could show to people like, oh, we raised this amount of money for this just from people who are clearly interested in this. That was that was a, a selling point that you could use to investors and say like, look, there are people who are willing to put their money into this. You should too, right? Because the that's first cool. money is always the the toughest money. Yeah. Well, right. and the the crowdsourcing is something that basically provided us with pre production funding, so something to keep us going during that period, but I definitely give an advice to anybody who's trying to do an independent film at all. Go out and shoot a trailer. Shoot a, shoot something short. Just like, It's so affordable now. I think we did our trailer for under $500, and we had an airplane in it. We had an old cop car in it. We had you know some amazing shots in it, and this was something that was kind of like a almost a business card for raising the rest of the funds where we could take it to investors and say, 
this is what we did for nothing. Imagine giving us just a little bit more. Yeah. And I think if you compare our original trailer to our current film, you'll see that you know the cinematography isn't quite exactly the same, but it's it's pretty it's pretty close. So um, definitely, if you're gonna go make an independent film and you're gonna do crowdsourcing, is something that will help you get started. But absolutely, make something first rather than just trying to take to investors a piece of paper that says what your yeah. story is. <laughs> and it's it's tough for guys like us who aren't Veronica Mars, who don't have the built-in fan base. You know? Oh, yeah. So, you know, if you're Veronica Mars, you can raise $2 million on Kickstarter. But if you're not, it's tougher. So you got to show, show what you got. Yeah. So did you guys have rehearsals and everything with the cast members? Or after you cast them, you guys said, well, we're going to be here on this certain day. Here's a script. Learn the lines and get going? Or was it really planned out with, you know, rehearsals and working with the actors i like to have rehearsals so we uh, we had rehearsals and we even videotaped them and um and then we changed it you know inevitably uh it changes a lot from script to scene while you're shooting so yeah we had rehearsals and i think it helps so what was the toughest day you guys had making the movie um was it raising the money or was there certain elements shooting airplanes because to me watching (laughs) seeing some of those shots in airplanes and how well they're done uh, but they're going to hand the There's mic over. There's probably definitely a different story for all three of us because <laughs> each one of us, not only every day was the worst day of our lives, but one probably was a little bit worse. <laughs> so go ahead, Bill. Um, well, actually, I wasn't even on set the day that everyone said it was like the worst day ever. It was, I don't know, probably 10 or 5, like 5 or 10 degrees outside, and the wind was blowing just 40, 50 miles an hour, and it's like sleeting and snowing and everything. And the. Hardest and probably most fun day at the same time was actually our aerial day, the one day that we were, uh, it was just the three of us as a skeleton crew, and uh, our director uh, had a little too much fun the night before with our pilot, and (laughs) was unable to get out of bed, so it was up to two of us to do the work of three guys. So that made it The pilot was still able to fly somehow. (laughs) (laughs) That made it a little bit interesting, but yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was the one that was sitting in the plane with the pilot, so I had to take off and land with the guy, which was <laughs> a little hairy. Was that but the worst thing? <laughs> Until yeah. you land. No, he's, a, he's okay. a great pilot. He did a wonderful job on this film. It was a beautiful airplane and everything. Like, we were so blessed to have him on board. And, and I mean, once we finally got the plane working, of course, uh, the day it gets there, we it, it broke down, and so we had to order parts in through Carney and all, kind of, all other places, and it just took forever to get this thing working for us but it was you know murphy's law everything that can go wrong will go wrong yeah. so but it was it was it was it eventually worked it, it didn't end up being your shark where it's like well you never see the plane <laughs> <laughs> but it makes the movie better no but hilariously um when we were shooting aerials i got really airsick and then when we landed Billy was rolling camera, and we pulled right up to him on the runway. I opened the door, and Billy goes, how did it go? And I just projectile vomited. All <laughs> <of them. laughs> uh, he, he made it the whole plane ride, <laughs> thankfully, and didn't throw up in this guy's airplane. But then right when he landed, like the first moment he had, it was just <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. It was amazing. That's awesome. Good times in airplanes, <laughs> small airplanes. So while you're filming the the movie, was there a ch- part where you realize what you're doing is right? I mean, would you have like an aha moment that it was all coming together, everything worked well, and or did you have to wait till you started editing the movie and then you realize what you did 
was good. It's funny when you're there. I was just so focused on the work and <clears throat> producing too. You're thinking about two different things, and uh, I just wanted to get it and get it right. And uh, you know, at at one point, it might you might have a feeling like it's going well or not, but you never know until you see the footage. And we didn't have the luxury of looking at dailies. I would look at them uh, every night at the computer, but then it was like, you know, do we have time to reshoot? Do we have the budget? We were yeah. so low budget. It was very shoestring. And I think we got incredibly lucky with a hardworking crew, a talented cast. And everyone really pulled together on this. And, you know, I, just, I think we got lucky. I think I think for me it was kind of the same thing. Like it it didn't really hit me like how good of a job we had done until after we had got kind of our first assembly edit, where you you're looking at the footage and going, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing." Um, but that's kind of the 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 thing that again, you know, just the best advice I think anybody could give is you hire a good crew while you're there because, you know, Dave and I were basically just in a blur we both had all this all these things to do all day long and it was like putting out fires doing different things but you knew that there was somebody doing their job where you couldn't be there and that that's just a testament to our crew like the the the, how good of a footage we got was all was all them and then i think the director did a decent job as well (laughs) well directing is easy you just (laughs) you just look angry and sit in a chair (laughs) <laughs> and you know, casting is eighty percent. The rest is just shouting. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have a particular style to your directing? Then, I mean, are you a hands-on director? Do you give actors direction on how they should play a scene, or do you kind of let them do it and then tweak their performances? Or how do you direct? I'm a absurd mix between Stanley Kubrick and John Cassavetes, whereas. On one hand, I'm an insane perfectionist, and on the other hand, I'll just let, if someone has an idea and it's good, I'll let them bring it to the table and go with it. So, you know, it's all about finding what works. Is that an inner struggle with yourself, though, where you're such a perfectionist and then someone comes with an idea that maybe you don't like, but you let them go with it to see if maybe they have a better idea? Only if it's me. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It's the yin and the, the yang, you know, you have, <clears throat> you're, when you're producing, directing, you wear two hats and you have to walk that line of, okay, when do we call it? What's good enough? What do we sacrifice? You know, what do we keep shooting? What do we let go? You got to choose your battles and, uh, you know, you, you don't have the luxury that Kubrick had. You don't have the <laughs> budgets that the that he had. You gotta be more Cassavetes when you're working in an independent world and and just let the camera, you know, be free to catch the actors' movements, let the actors do their thing. But but also be there the director's job is to be the, the final quality check. Did you did you was there a moment you can think of that where you felt like that was where that happened, where somebody came to you with an idea um, and, and it ended up being like, a, you know, either changing the scene or being one of your favorite little elements of the movie. Yeah, there's some lines. Uh, one of our actors, uh, Bo Kiger, who's we're old friends, he, he wanted to change it. And I, I was against it. And he said, let me try it. So he tried yeah. it and it worked better. And I said, let's keep it. Cool. It was just a little scene, you know, nothing. 
groundbreaking, but it, it adds a layer of yeah. believability. And, uh, you know, that's what actors, good actors bring to the role. They prepare for it. And, and you know, that's why you hire them. Yeah. I, I only ask, you know, one of my favorite stories about film since we're on this tub subject is when Spielberg made uh, Raiders and that whole the girl writing love you on her eye, on her uh, on her eyelids was I think his cinematographer's idea and now he says it's his favorite scene in the whole movie and he didn't even come up with it um, it's just I, I love the stories of how little things like that can tweak and be so impactful to the way that you make a movie or at least the way that you look at your own work um, yeah same like in The Shining the here's Johnny line was yeah. Jack Nicholson and improving. And again with Raiders, the the scene where the swordsman is going, wah, 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 and <laughs> right. Harrison Ford pulls out the gun and shoots. Harrison Ford is sick and said, "I'm not doing this." Bullshit. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. Yeah, it's it's uh-huh. those things. We didn't have like one of those crazy moments, but yeah, but yeah, those are those are fun. Cool. So, how long after you shot the film did you have a film ready, and um, where did it premiere at? And was that a great moment? It, it, okay, uh, we it took us maybe a um, couple three months to edit. I can't remember now. Jeez. <laughs> I think it was uh, we were done by the last shot I think we had was in the end of December. And we were we had our first our our first um, I guess you would call it final cut done by June 1st because that's when we sent it off to Toronto. Um, Which we didn't so, get into, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it was about it was about the editing process took I, about six months, a little over. And then we we premiered at the Calgary International Film Festival, and then played at uh, Gotham Screen, New York City, Stars Denver, um, Trail Dance in Oklahoma, and Omaha. How was the experience cool. seeing it with an audience for the first time? Was it rewarding, or was it you know, oh my gosh, they're looking at my stuff, or how are they going to judge it? Uh, how did that go? Yeah, I've I've seen it too many times. <laughs> I don't know. It's, when you see it with an audience, yeah, you want to. It's it's nerve wracking. It's exhilarating. It's everything. You they laugh at weird moments. They're they're shocked <laughs> by things that you never would have thought. Um, at this one crucial moment at the end, this one woman in the audience at Stars Denver goes. She puts her hands over her face and is almost like weeping. I just like zeroed in on her, and I was like, well. We've done it. <laughs> nice. It got to one person. I don't know. You, Billy? Uh, I mean, it, yeah, I guess you pretty much summed it up. And it's uh, just exciting to see a bunch of people and how, like, the, all the different reactions and what they get and what they don't get and what they leave the theater talking about and what they're, you know, just the emotions coming out of it is just exciting to see. And, you know, crazy to watch, you know, your director biting his nails trying to figure out what everybody else is thinking <laughs> and you, you were acting in it correct uh no i was uh officially i guess officially unofficially officially i was an associate producer but i worked in the art department through oh, the whole okay. film and then uh my brother and i have uh baseball cameos oh just cameos yes billy's been there from the beginning he was he's been on crew ever since we could force him to work for free so <laughs> um again being a little brother he's, his, he doesn't have an official actually he does paid. have an official title which is snake training and uh <laughs> the joke is is there's no snakes in the movie and that's why they were that well well trained so yeah <laughs> that's his official title they were really well trained <laughs> So do you guys have any screenings coming up that we can tell people about? Or is there a place where we can find your movie and watch it? Or what's the next step for you guys? 
Yeah, we're doing a theatrical um, screening, which is really exciting, at the Sea Film Center in Denver. April 26th through May 2nd. And if we get a lot of people coming out, they may hold it over, so come on out. Uh, we're going to be there the 27th for a Q&A after the 7.15 showing. And Sea Film Center is at 2510 East Colfax between Twist and Shout and Tattered Cover. Great place. And you can get more information on us at uh, www.theaviationcocktail.com. We're also, we do the Facebook and Twitter thing. You can just Google that or just Facebook forward slash the aviation cocktail. Uh, but we also, we're kind of uh, excited we have our own beer for the film. So Whoa. this theater <laughs> does serve booze. And trust me, you want to have a drink or two before you watch this film. Um, and not because of quality, but because maybe subject matter. Uh, but um, definitely come out. We have the Aviation Cocktail Ale, which is a dark rye IPA. Uh, it's delicious. Wow. And it's, uh, what, 8 or 9% alcohol? Yeah, you only need a couple of those. So <laughs> it's about one or two, and you're good for the movie. Um, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun there at the Sea Film Center, but then we hope to have screenings kind of all throughout Colorado and Nebraska as well. So we'll, we'll keep it around. And the best way to find out more info is definitely through our Facebook and website. Awesome. Very cool. Do you have any parting words for independent filmmakers that want to make a film and they're nervous about it? Should they go shoot in Nebraska? Or uh, what, what's your guys' advice Nebraska for independent Nebraska is filmmakers? ours. Stay out. <laughs> yeah, Except for Nebraska. Alexander Payne, like, yeah. he's allowed. <laughs> no, yeah, just uh, go where the story takes you. You know, if you want to make a film, make it. Find a way to do it. If that's your passion, that's right. Don't let anybody cool. hold you back. <laughs> There's, you... you know, with technology now, like cameras are getting cheaper and and they look better. And independent film, I think, is going to see a a whole new generation of, of filmmakers that come out that are going to compete with the majors and give them a run for their money especially with video on demand and everything i think now's the time take out your your small crew your dslr whatever go out and make your film oh before we forget uh how are things going with the western is there a way where like people who've seen your movie can help support that or how you know how where are you with that film yeah so uh docmiddleton.com you can email us through there we're in the preliminary uh stages of of going out looking for for funds. Cool. So he was a, a real outlaw in Nebraska, kind of like a Jesse James with a Robin Hood flair. And yeah. uh, we hope to be shooting in a year. Hopefully. Cool. And you're trying not to make it easy. So you're going from airplanes to shooting a Western. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We're just going to continue going back in time until we make the best caveman movie ever. Yeah. Sweet. Well, <laughs> you know, Ringo Starr might have beat you to it, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anybody else eat caveman? But shitty movie yeah no i know but remember when he falls in that huge pile of shit that's all i remember from that movie <laughs> <laughs> you were trying to show off like that i yeah, i know, I, I I know go, everything about that i movie. know movies so I, well no one else seen caveman I, that, was that, that one scene of our script yeah god damn it we're gonna have to rewrite that scene <laughs> well thanks for stopping by guys we appreciate it and yeah. we will check you out on facebook and we will go see your movie at the C Film Center. <laughs> Thanks for having us on the show, guys. Yeah, oh, no thank problem. You. Thank yeah, you. You're always welcome back when you know starting to get your western going. For come sure. back. If you want to talk more about Aviation Cocktail because you're promoting it somewhere, come back. We're yeah. always here. The door is always open. Yeah. Because I forget to lock it. So just come on <laughs> in and uh, 
He is. My my dog is a ferocious dog. <laughs> as, he, as he just He's pitifully lays his his <laughs> head on your knee. Oh. Hey, real nerds, listeners! You thought the aviation cocktail guys were gone from our show, but they're sticking around to talk about Oblivion. Now, what we do, guys, is we spoil the movie. But before we spoil the movie, we go we ask everybody if they should go see Oblivion in theaters. And then after we say yes or no and why not or why yes, we play the trailer and then we get into spoilers and things like that. And and if you are in any way interested in seeing Oblivion, I would definitely say don't let this movie get spoiled for you. Yes. Yeah. Because there's lots of spoilers. There's stuff that you can't even imagine is in this movie. Exactly. The, the, the well, I mean, you could imagine it, but... Like yeah, Tom Cruise is in it. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He might be a replicant. And uh, spoiler alert: he does run. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh man, he's still good. So at running. it's it's still happening. It's just, oh, if anybody man. was worried, he does he does do a nice All right, little job. Cool. So we definitely always start with our guests. Should people go see Oblivion? I would say if you haven't seen Moon, go see it. Ooh. Hmm. If you haven't seen the trailer for Oblivion, <laughs> yes, <laughs> go see it. Really? I uh, I saw the trailer, and I actually am going to go with no. Do not see this in theaters. Um, I would wait for the home video release. Wow. Oh. Uh, I think this movie could have started halfway through and still been an effective movie. So, um. I think it's pretty good sci-fi, but uh, it might be it might leave some people uh, uninterested. Oh man, um, I skipped to my car. Does that answer <laughs> the question? I loved this movie. I really, really enjoyed this movie, and I think it's the kind of science fiction that we just we just don't get. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Moon, but. I really didn't like Moon. <laughs> so so this <laughs> I'm sorry, Brad. Um so this this both scratches that itch while having some great action sequences, especially near the end. I mean, yeah, the first half is um is slower and quieter, but I, I think that it's building to something really interesting. Uh, uh I agree with James. I love this movie. Yeah. I I love the way it was shot. I thought it was really interesting. And uh we're gonna play the trailer right now and the trailer doesn't even tell one twentieth of this story, but here it is. You know what, though, I do love that Tom Cruise says, "Who are you?" Because I believe everything Tom Cruise says after that moment. Oh man, yeah, he says that line really good. I wanted to spend the rest of my life here. Jack, Jack. An object came down in 1-7. Got it. On my way. 60 years ago, Earth was attacked. We won the war, but they destroyed half the planet. Everyone's been evacuated. Nothing human remains. Our job is security and drone maintenance. We're the Mapa crew. Two more weeks, Jack, and we can leave and join the others. Doesn't seem right. We won the war. Now we have to leave. This is Mission Control. How y'all doing this morning? Don't take any chances. It's dangerous down there. I've been watching you, Jack. 
Well, the trailer's <laughs> over. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I guess the most obvious question is, why did you guys not enjoy the movie? Or yeah, what's wrong with you? No, I'm yeah, just kidding. Yeah. So I mean, first I... you come in here talk about how great your movie is. Now talk about how bad Oblivion is. <laughs> I am not. I, see, I didn't say the movie wasn't good. I just say you don't necessarily have to see it in the theater. It's a great yeah. movie, science fiction-wise. Or, or I should say not really sci-fi-wise, more action-wise. Yeah. It, it, visual effects were stunning, and the action was cool. Um, I was sit- telling them on the way out that little flying plane dealy thing was pretty pretty sweet. Yeah, I was thinking but, if they, uh, they could make a ride of that at Universal <laughs> in 3D and it would yeah. be badass. I mean, it can it can fly one way but turn around and shoot turret wise at robots behind it, which is sweet. Joseph Kaczynski but. is he's really creative <laughs> in the way he makes those actions. Like, because yeah. I I felt no matter how you feel about Tron Legacy, I think the car ch- the chases in that in that that movie are. are thrilling and inventive and this feels the same way especially the first time the pod turns around and there's like a computer screen projection of what might be behind him like little little things like that were just made made that that car chase at the end really fun yeah and i mean Uh, you could take my argument in in two different ways because in in one way what i thought was a little lame is it it seemed like it had elements of every sci-fi movie ever made yeah and it was like almost too too easy to see that the it, the end of the movie is like you know here's spoiler again this it's robots right uh, taking a, or an alien from out of space harvesting the earth and then there's clones and things like that and yeah i don't know i guess you could make the argument that that's what made it great because it had elements of every sci-fi movie but at the same time it was like it just to me felt like a very overdone story mm-hmm. just souped up with better vis- visual effects so. yeah I must be an idiot because I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Oh, he's a clone. Remember when he was wearing a scarf and he was a clone? Well, I, I kept thinking Matrix just because they made a little uh, bit, Morgan yeah. Freeman look exactly like Morpheus. Yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, the, and I've heard, you know, I've, I, I haven't read a lot of reviews, but I've read little bits in, uh, in there. And that, that whole thing about the homages has come up as like, oh, there's too many homages. And I don't, I don't see it as homages as just the, as much that that the the tropes and like archetypal stories that have built science fiction for the last however many years are very present here the the restricted areas you can't go to and the the promised land that those things that are have been in every science fiction story since ever um 
And and yeah, they 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 feel hackneyed sometimes. But I when he, we find out he's a clone, yeah, see, that that like stunned me. You guys, you like, can't go I, into the radiation area because I, that's where the other clone is. See, I that's like where I knew cr- I knew there were going to be other pilots, but I I didn't think like. I didn't think that they were also going to be Tom Cruise until he comes <laughs> over the hill and he's looking through this, the scope and uh, we aren't allowed to see who he is. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that was the moment. Um, you know, I wasn't shocked when they revealed it, but I was when we got to that scene and that's where they were going to take us, I was like, oh, this is more complicated than I thought. And what's more intense than two Tom Cruises fighting? <laughs> I mean, uh, two, two Tom two. Cruises running. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect answer. Oh, man. Because, you know, when he took out all those dudes in Jack Reacher, yeah. and then he had to fight himself in this movie. Yeah, oh, yeah what dude. if in Jack Reacher he had kicked himself in the balls? Totally. Oh, man, that movie would have been great. <laughs> I think it was just weird, though, that, uh, you know, he exposed that he is, in fact, a clone. We've all known that Tom Cruise is a clone, <laughs> right? For, like, since Top Gun. Look at <laughs> Yeah. I just saw Top Gun IMAX 3D, which was amazing, by the way. That's oh, what I heard. Damn it. Damn it. You missed life. it. Yeah. Oh, my so God. Cool. Oh. I heard the 3D was, like, super awesome oh, in yeah. it. Yeah. Tony oh. Scott knew what he was doing. Oh, man. So, okay. If you missed that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're he real nerds. He has not aged. Like a day. Oh, he grew no. some stubble out. It took him 20 years to get that wet stubble. <laughs> well, it's because like he, he checks his E-meter every day and makes sure that the yeah. alien souls aren't in he him. He is, in <laughs> fact, an alien. And this movie is proof. And I think that yeah. was pretty bold of him to, to reveal that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I'm an overcritical jerk. I'm not going to hate 90% of movies. I didn't hate the movie, but, you know, little things get me. Like, right. uh, you mentioned the way it was shot, mm-hmm. Ryan. Um, the DP... Whose name is? Here we go, <laughs> <laughs> Claudio Miranda, who just won an Oscar for Life of Pi. Yeah. I can't say I'm a fan of how he shot this. He shot at a ASA of like 800 at a wide open lens, and there's there's shots where it's a close up of the, the girl or Tom Cruise, and one eyeball will be in focus, and the other one will be out of focus. And what? it's like it's supposed is it supposed to be jarring? No, I never it's just the that. way it was shot and. It, Little things like that will Can we talk about that take uh, me out. crotch shot, though? Uh, oh, the yeah. Pool? The swimming pool Maybe? shot? Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. that makes yeah. it worth it to see in the theater. That's the, you want to see that big. I, know, I did have a moment earlier where I was like, is this, is, this isn't R, is it? Because I never look at ratings anymore. I was like, are we going to see her naked? Like, are we, And I mean, more than you do. But like, yeah, that was weird. Some uh, things you can get away with. I wouldn't say okay. weird. I would say pleasurable. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I love. I we don't mean the, to bring you guys down here. No, 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 not at all. I mean, that's the whole point of this. Is like I, I actually like it when there's somebody on the show who doesn't agree with us because it. I know. I mean, the last just time it happened is when I liked the Hunger Games and these guys did oh, it. Dude, that movie's fucking shit. It's horrible. Thank you. <laughs> My God. Oh man. A cool thing though about the shooting of uh, Oblivion to get back to that was yeah. <laughs> nicely done. Nicely when, done. When uh, when Tom and um. His girlfriend are in their sky house. Yeah. And this got all the clouds and mountain scenes in the background. All that was uh, shot. It was projected onto a big psych. So that was uh, shot in camera. That wasn't uh, CG. Hmm. Wow. No, I think the movie was beautiful. I mean, there's parts when he was like, you know, riding his motorcycle or in the flying thing. Oh, there's there's something from New York. There's another thing. But it's destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'm yeah, just. Yeah. What too if when well, they yeah, showed I liked the, that the first time I saw the Statue AI of Liberty, they're like Planet of the Apes. Oh, you yeah. didn't like it. It was Earth AI. all along. And you did uh, not like it in Planet of the Apes. Are we talking no, about no, the no. Tim Burton one or Planet the old of the one? No, no, we're not. No. We <laughs> never <laughs> talk about the Tim Burton one. No one talks about that. No. But we're also not talking about AI. No, but, you know, getting back to AI. No. Don't you think that movie should have ended when he's underwater staring at the blue fairy and just cut out that whole end alien? Oh, oh yeah, sequence? yeah, yeah. But I also think that that movie, like, uh, there's a whole middle half of that movie that should not be there. Um, there's a there's a bunch. Th- we can't argue about this movie. I fucking hate that film. Uh, it is my least favorite Steven Spielberg movie. I would rather watch 1941. Um, Getting back to Oblivion, yes, yeah. yet again. Uh, <laughs> how about this for an interesting fact? The uh, Tom Cruise got to bang that other woman for a quite a long time without feeling guilty about it because his brain was washed he didn't even know he had a wife oh that seems like kind of cool yeah and (laughs) it's like the perfect out you know i could yeah tell my wife oh this big pyramid eyeball thing (laughs) wipe my brain i don't know what the fuck i'm doing anymore (laughs) (laughs) oh alien robots did it honey it wasn't me it was my clone yeah. Banging her over I, and I will over say again. that the alien reveal was a little disappointing. I was hoping it's be oh, like yeah. a big monster and yeah, when triangle she just after the, yeah. triangle. Yeah. Or just a, a, a more inventive version of a big computer. Yeah. Um, not just like a... It, it, yeah, not super <laughs> hell, exactly. It ended up being... Oh, my God, it is totally super hell. Oh, shit, fuck me. Um, it ended up feeling like... very. It felt very like third act Star Trek the motion picture where they he, there was a lot of going through doors you know like sp- giant space doors um, but still I, I think uh, I wanted to bring this up I think part of the reason why I enjoyed the first hour or so when it's just him flying his cool ship um, is is little scenes like the the scene with the dog at the beginning uh, and when they set up the first time that we see the drones uh, however how they designed especially the sound design on that drone is so cool I I think um, because it, you know, he's trying to tell us what, how this world works. Um, but as soon as that drone turns on, you know, it's evil. Like, you know, and not just because of the trailer, it's in the way it moves. If you hadn't seen the trailer, you would have. In the way it, it sounds too. Absolutely. Oh yeah. 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 It's, it's all in the way that it moves and sounds that you, you know, like, okay, however this movie ends that thing is evil you know <laughs> like everything else could be kosher about about what's going on in this world those robots are going to go evil um and having one turret firing one way while the other one flips around and shoots the guy behind him oh yeah pretty fucking they were awesome. so hostile like uh, oh man the the when the when the when it blows up the first of the vicky ladies and comes through that curtain that's half on fire, that shot's just cool. I don't know. And maybe one eye is out of focus. But still, <laughs> it's really cool. Um, oh, the man. The drone only had one eye, Dave. So <laughs> I don't know what you're <laughs> That was the meta- I missed it. Cause the I other was, one was a motion detector. <laughs> I was worried about the service at Alamo Draft House. Not, they didn't bring me my beer. And so I was freaking <laughs> out the first 30 minutes. But then, oh. no comment. Honestly, later in the film when I saw that Jamie Lannister had escaped yeah. Game of Thrones and got into the future. Pretty excited about that, too. And Zoe Bell is in this movie, too. Yeah. And I, as soon as she was on screen, I was just rooting for her the whole time. I was like, yeah, she need, I know. I thought at some point she was going to, like, you know, get on a car and do something awesome or, like, or get killed. Like, she dies and lost in a, you know, <laughs> weird way. Um, but, but no, she just shoots some people and runs. There were echoes uh, of Tron Legacy, though. In oh, it, yeah. Which were... Well, yeah. Were I, cool. That score... 
yeah, is is both reminiscent yeah. and I I thought really good. I really especially at the end when he's dragging the coffin out of there and the the music is rising and we know we're building to this end. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, this is the kind of score that makes me excited for summer movies like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was definitely a beginning to the summer season. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's cool too that they use you know I, I love the word use of fuck in it. Because you know. <laughs> fuck, you, fuck, Sally. You, Sally. fuck you, Sally. Maybe the that's going to be probably the best fuck of the summer of the year. Like that, I don't know that you can get better than that. Oh fuck no, you, stay Sally. at my house later tonight. That'll be the best fuck of the year. Oh. <laughs> no, your wife's already. <laughs> that was too oh. easy of a joke. But, you know, I, it's funny. I always argue with, especially my wife and a lot of girls, because they always say they hate Tom Cruise. I don't understand. And that. I tell him you don't hate Tom Cruise movies though, because Tom Cruise really doesn't make bad movies. You might not well, like the movies very much, but his movies are never really bad. Night in Rock day? of Ages. Yeah, was that the? Yeah, you're right. No, no, no. but Rock of Ages, he, he is great. He's in good Rock in Rock of, Rock of Ages, but the rest of Rock of Ages is shit. Laura, I don't no, know. I'm not I mean, going to give you the mic. No one wants to hear what you have to say. I, I will like. I wouldn't it's say about him shirtless. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't say that he, he yeah, like he he's great. he's never made a good bad movie. But I would say that like I always the I don't I don't understand not liking him. He's not like I don't I don't have a Mel Gibson problem with him. Where like when I see him on screen, I have a pr- I have a hard time separating him from who he really is. I love Mel Gibson. I do too. But I I like modern Mel Gibson movies because he's not making the great Mo- Mel Gibson movies of of yesteryear. I watch them and I'm like, oh yeah, this is only. Get the Gringo. So you're like saying remi- get the Gringo, he's... Lethal Weapon, not on the same level. <laughs> That's uh, yes. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I would... It's hard to make great movies when you're that hungover. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no, not that hard. <laughs> uh, I think Robert Shaw is pretty good in Jaws. And uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what is that? Eighty some takes or something? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. He had to be carried on to set. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole uh, on the Blu-ray of Jaws. They talk about how he was horrible. In the original shooting of the Indianapolis scene, because he wanted to get in method so much that he was so drunk that they couldn't even use yeah. anything he was doing. And then he apologized. That's the most heartbreaking part of yeah. the story. Is that like, especially knowing that Robert Shot had a problem, like the fact that the next day he had to come, or, or two days later or something like that, he had to come and say like, "I'm really sorry," like I messed that up. Like, oh man. Well, he knew he killer. fucked up. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Um, but still, Spielberg will have you killed for less. But still, yeah. you know, uh, see, Tom a, Cruise a, a bad, a bad t- Tom Cruise movie though. <laughs> still waiting for it. Maybe oh. Far and Away. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, Far and Away. Seriously, I, the one day. with Cameron Diaz. That's called Night and, Night and day, day, right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. That is yeah. the worst movie ever no. made. Well, no. no. Well, yeah. I've no. seen House of the Dead. I watched even Dead? worse I watched, than Ghost Rider. I watched Jersey Shore <laughs> Shark Attack this week. Like you know. The, the Sharktopus, bar. though, I think is pretty good. Sharktopus, have you seen that one? Uh, no, I own it. It's on my list. I'm going through a, a long... James has a a, a reoccurring uh, <laughs> blog, or I guess an article on our website, where it's called Shit Show Review, mm-hmm. where he goes to you know Second Spin or Tradesmart and gets these really shitty movies for a dollar, and he watches them because... But he, then I, I don't review them as on their merit. I review them as whether or not you should have your friends over and get drunk and watch the oh, movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, I love stuff so like that. So, like, Sand Sharks got a four out of five stars because <laughs> Sand Sharks is pretty fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. yeah. You Lions for Sharks. Lambs. Tom Cruise was in Lions for Lambs. Robert Redford is, too. It's not that bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't talk. I didn't see it. <laughs> I no. I'm I'm not on Ryan's side here. There are bad Tom Cruise movies. 
Yeah, I'm still but waiting for someone to name one for him. We we've been naming them. We literally you said, named. You said three. Rock of Ages. It's not that bad. No, no, they said Rock. I said Rock of Ages isn't that bad. Nine Day is pretty bad. No, it's not. I mean, when you're talking it's about not horrible movies, though. I mean, come okay, on. yeah, yeah. He doesn't make garbage. Thank you. Unless, unless some people here don't like. You know, I got nothing. He runs really good. He's the best He's runner in fast. Hollywood. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that to yeah. be silly. Like, like go watch Mission Impossible Three. When he runs, you feel like he needs to get there, or he, <laughs> or, or he needs to get away. All One I, of the two. All I'm saying is respect the cock. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Magnolia's uh, great. I don't want to finish that sentence. <laughs> and you're, the pussy. You're probably going to. Uh, pussy's not the word he uses. <laughs> I know. Um, I don't say that word because my wife. I know. Around. I don't say that word either. That's why I didn't want to. So let me ask you guys a question. Why do you think that the uh, V or uh, triangle-shaped alien didn't stop the pod of people on the same route back to Earth? Um, Did it not see those people as a threat? Yeah, they never explain what it is, like why why the the pod of people doesn't make it back to Earth because he says it's supposed to. Yeah, um, but for some reason they've got to send coordinates to it. Yeah, um, yeah. Why wouldn't the drones down. just shoot it? Right. Maybe it was. I mean, maybe they didn't know about it or, or something. use or, them as clones. Yeah. So you have like two hot chicks as clones. It's, yeah, it's already in the fucking tractor beam. Yeah. Maybe it's <laughs> it's maybe it's a a short sighted. It's really narrow minded. It saw Tom Cruise and. They're like, yeah, yeah I yeah. really need this. <laughs> this, yeah. If we clone this guy, he can <laughs> run real good. Yeah, they had already talked to Elrond. Yeah. So they knew <laughs> Lord Zenu knew. Yeah, exactly. To recruit him, or maybe yeah. aliens fuck up. You know, yeah. maybe yeah. it was a mistake. Aliens yeah. are human after all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I do like that it was that there never was like a. I was sort of expecting there was going to be an actual alien race and that this was just their, uh, yeah. their thing. But the fact that it really was just a device that goes around and eats planets. It was Galactus, dude. It this was is Galactus. the best Fantastic Four movie that was ever made. <laughs> oh man! And Tom Cruise plays all four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Tom Cruise can. Well, actually, no. Uh, Jessica Alba still plays uh, the Invisible Woman in Oblivion, but. You don't She's see invisible her. the exactly. whole time. So. You feel her He's presence. He's banging her, too, though. Yeah. 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 She was invisible. I didn't know she was there. Uh, cool. 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 <laughs> well, how can people find us, Ryan? Well, I'll tell you, James. They can tweet us, real underscore nerds. You can email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. Call us. Seven two zero six nerds five, but we're not the important ones this week. Hey guys, how can we find you on the internet and support you guys? Our website is theaviationcocktail.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter, and you could look up uh, BillyDelinaSexy.com. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that porn? Do you do porn, Bill? Snaketraining.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's how you'll find us. We're out there. So cool. Plus, uh, and, and where can we? What? When can we see your film? And where can we see it again? And again, we are doing a theatrical run at the C Film Center, April twenty sixth through May second. That is twenty five Tennis Colfax in Denver. Cool. It's right behind Twist and Shout, the new one. Yeah, you know, so you can go, go to Twist and Shout, get a CD, and then see a great movie, and then go to Tattered Cover and get, and get a great novel. book. Yeah. yeah. You know, what a great day. What a great day. Oh, man. That's why good. Denver's if great. If you had a picnic at some point in there, oh, it City would just be... City Park is right across the street <gasps> pretty much. Wow. So, yeah. You solved all my problems. 
Hey guys, thanks for stopping by. We yeah. appreciate it. That was yeah, really you cool. Stay classy, San you. Diego. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having us. And oh, next week we are seeing a big hunky movie called Pain and Gain. Yeah. With Rock, Mark Wahlberg, and some other black guy. Michael Bay. Michael Bay's in the movie, right? I hope not. Oh, I hope he is. He is. <laughs> I said he's the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Spo- oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> in this one, Michael Bay uh, remakes Soul Man instead yeah. of C. Thomas Howell. If, it's if you, Marky Wahlberg. If you thought Transformers 2 was racist, just wait till Michael Bay puts on blackface <laughs> in pain and gain. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, cool. He's gonna make that movie. He should. You hope. Hopefully. I would. I would see it as long as there are low angles of the main characters. <laughs> I don't care. I'll see it. Cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you.